Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag three, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this this is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international over depression. <laughs> Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? Fox News host Tucker Carlson aired newly released video from the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol in attempting to downplay the violence by showing video of people calmly walking around the Capitol. Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, tell Carlson not to run a second segment of lies. It was a mistake for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with our chief law enforcement. Well, when you got Mitch McConnell saying, then you you're know really you're screwed. This should be against the law. You should not be able to lie. I think it's bull. If you were just a tourist, you should have probably lined up at the visitor center and came in on an orderly basis. The idea of Tucker Carlson being in that mob that day and not wetting his pants is hard to imagine. Fox News host and toddler sucking on a dog turd, Tucker Carlson. (laughs) Oh my God, that is funny! You are fake news. You're a very, very silly person. Very fake news. You shouldn't die. It's not against the law, whole fuck This is lit, 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 lit. It's so great and I agree. Many of those people probably have AIDS. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. I I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Fuck it! I'll write it, and we'll do it live! Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best you can ask anyone. About that, people often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Instead of the Oscars, I wonder who is getting slapped as we speak or what tribute to abortion we're missing. What do you think? Was that a year ago? It was, yeah, already. God, my life uh, is just slipping through my fingers. Grains of sand. More pressing issues anyway. We did uh, impeachment crisis. We did pandemic crisis. We did and are still doing foreign war crisis. Now let's try a banking crisis. We haven't done it for about a decade and a half. Let's bring back the old classic. Not to mention we're dealing with the worst crisis of all. Adjusting to daylight savings time. Absolutely brutal. Not necessarily for me, but it's screwing up uh a, a child's bedtime in the neighboring room oh this whole thing sucks they're like oh you gain an hour i'm like but i lose an hour of sleep so that's not really true now is it yeah it's uh it's it's i never used to bother me that much for some reason it's bothering me well i guess not for some reason it's tougher in in parenting years i think i'm learning the, yeah. that lesson as we speak uh, but uh, big news of the weekend. That's right. Federal regulators shut down Silicon Valley Bank in California after a massive bank run late in the week. And just within the last few hours, they also shut down Signature Bank in New York, citing uh, systemic risk there as well. But don't worry, as with all our problems, <laughs> the Fed has a big pile of money to fix it for you. 
And don't worry, you, the taxpayer, won't pay anything at all. It's magic. We'll learn how. Hyperinflation. Oh, it, well, there's nothing they can't print their way out of. We've learned that lesson quite convincingly in the last couple of years. The uh, the House and Senate surprisingly unanimously pass a bill to declassify all intelligence about COVID origins. Uh, will Biden sign it? And will we actually see anything important from these people? I uh, reserve skepticism, but supposedly this might happen. Yet another public noose. Turns out not to be a noose at all in uh, no. the Bay Area of California. And yet again, I know we've seen variations of this story before. Hooligans in a truck and even on bikes this time skid their tires all over a stunning and brave pride flag street mural in Florida. And before we get out of here, tonight's movie review is what IMDb users say is the best movie ever made the Shawshank Redemption. So stick around for that. We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics as well. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show, because, of course, we are no good low down money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. We also have show merchandise for sale on the site. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Hero Soap Company. Do you love freedom? Do you love being clean? Then you'll love Hero Soap Company, made in the USA, chemical and fragrance free. A portion of each purchase donated to veteran and first responder charities. Initial subscription purchase is matched bar for bar and sent overseas to deploy troops. Let freedom clean. Hero Soap Company. That's right. When you try Hero Soap Company, not only are you getting a great smelling all natural product, not only are you supporting military service members at home and abroad, not only do bald eagles circle you in admiration of your patriotism, but when you subscribe, Hero will send their soap straight to your door each month so you never have to remember soap at the store again. And if you're not a bar soap person, no problem. Hero also offers their soaps in a liquid form as well. Hero Soap offers listeners of this show 10% off all their products using promo, promo code MCLISTENER. That is promo code MCLISTENER for 10% off everything from Hero Soap Company. Find everything you need from Hero Soap plus other great deals from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Western Razor Company, Phoenix Ammunition, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners for listeners. No additional updates this week, so we'll hop right into the news. And, uh, well, I, I think I think I found who's going to fight you in the upcoming gay war. I think it's a really? fair matchup. Maybe the okay. age discrepancy is a little unfair. How is this a fair matchup? You know, I've met her. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. What's that about? Well, I used to work at this florist in Los Angeles when I was figuring my life out. Hmm. And um, a lot of celebrity clientele. So she came in with her Shih Tzu and her cane and she looked like a thousand years old. And that was in 2011, 12. Okay. So she's a thousand plus uh, 12 more years, 11 or 12 more years. Huge bitch. Like a huge bitch. Yeah. Uh, Well, of course, we're talking about Jane Fonda. Uh, Maybe this is another episode in the Huge Bitch Chronicles. I don't know. 
But the reason I say that it would be an appropriate fight for you in the gay war is because she's just as open about the unfortunate necessity to murder a few ideological enemies here and there. Perhaps all of them. Who knows? Hmm. She didn't really clarify. But yes, Oscar winning actress Jane Fonda appeared on Friday's episode of The View to say we're not going back. As states moved to restrict abortion after the Supreme Court's decision last summer, asked what methods of resi- uh, resistance she thinks are appropriate, Fonda responded, murder. <laughs> Not just once, uh, but again, when asked for clarification mm-hmm. by her friend and fellow actress Lily Tomlin, uh, Fonda affirmed again, yes, murder. We're not going back. I don't care what the laws are. We're not going back. Besides marching and, and protesting, what else do you suggest? Well, well it doesn't happen murder. overnight. It's not a miraculous... <laughs> what did you say? Murder. <laughs> She's kidding. Wait a second. She's just now, kidding. Don't say that. That's oh, not... you don't know. They'll pick up on that and yeah, just run that's with the it. Worst. She's Joking. just kidding. It's... Well, let me talk to you about... Let me... <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Well, a bitch after my own heart. What can I say? We're on opposite ends of the side, but uh, opposite sides. But I I hear what she's saying. There's an element of similar like, spirit and even the facial expression itself. Right. At least but, she's saying it, you know. Well, of course, the headline is not Jane Fonda calls for murder. The Daily Beast headline is the right wing fury over her murder quip. This was a joke. It was all a joke, not just according to the Daily Beast, but according to Jane Fonda herself saying in a statement Uh, My comment on The View was obviously made in jest. My body language and tone made it clear to those in the room and anyone watching that I was using hyperbole to make a point. I had the opposite interpretation. I thought she looked like the monkey puppet meme. She looked like she was dead serious. I thought. I have no problem with this. If if I'm up against Jane Fonda, I think I'll do fine. But to be uh, frank, I don't know how in 2023 everybody isn't calling for somebody's murder, right? (laughs) You're... What's the what's the stupid bumper sticker? If you're not outraged, you're not paying attention. This variant is if you're not fantasizing about some form of murder, you're not paying attention. Oh, my God. Did you see what Fauci said this week? He's like, prosecute me for what? It's like, prosecute. Are you serious? Like, let's take this up a notch. These people are not worried about getting murdered. That's what bothers uh, me. Well, speaking of, um, we'll have chronicles in unfulfilled big bird costumes coming up later with chuck schumer uh i'm not gonna go full fonda but uh these people are uh they they don't uh accountability is not on their mind let's put it that way um we uh it was a couple weeks ago we got a report from seymour hirsch publishing on his Substack, citing an anonymous source hey that uh that sabotage the the bombing of the Nord Stream pipeline uh connecting russia to germany yeah, we did that. We did yeah. that and we hit it within a naval exercise in the Baltic Sea. Now, the New York Times has an additional source that says uh, pro-Ukrainian group, a pro-Ukrainian right. group did it. This was, I know that they were super vague about the source, but this was remarkably frank. Can you believe they printed this? I didn't get to read the story in the detail that I wanted to, but what did they say? Okay, so they, they did say U.S. officials said there was much they did not know about the perpetrators and their affiliations. The review of newly collected intelligence suggests they were opponents of Putin, but does not specify the members of the group or who directed or paid for the operation. Okay. U.S. officials declined to disclose the nature of the intelligence, how it was obtained, or any details of the strength of evidence it contains. 
They have said there's no firm conclusion about it, leaving open the possibility that the operation may have been conducted off the books by a proxy force oh. with connections to the Ukrainian government or oh. its security services. Yeah. Oh, imagine that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So this is this is new intelligence reviewed by U.S. officials. Um, it obviously uh it does right well a uh i would say pro-ukrainian group is a description that fits the cia certainly uh or other affiliated entities one might speculate dude i it's amazing how many things we immediately call after right after they happen everybody does because it's so obvious and then we're called conspiracy theorists and then that that trickle of of confirming information happens over the next months and years and like no one cares anymore well, I, I'd like to think I, I wish I could say, oh, what fantastic insight to see this since it happened last fall. I remember when we did the stream after it happened, we just listened to Anthony Blinken talk about how this is a tremendous opportunity environmentally and strategically in terms of international politics. So, yeah, if the secretary of uh, secretary of state uh, is out there, that's am I confusing? He's the secretary of state, right? Yeah. Secretary yeah. of state, Anthony Blinken. He's out there. Um. He's out there praising the opportunity that this represents. Uh, if he's thinking strategically immediately afterward, I'm going to speculate that he was thinking strategically immediately prior as well. It would fit the timeline of events. Uh, recall the story of uh, trans activist, the trans activist with the nickname Tortuguita. Tortuguita had uh, been part of this band of freedom fighters outside yeah. of Atlanta opposing the construction of what they're uh, calling Cop City, which is a police training center in a wooded area. This is the same place where 23 people, including a Southern Poverty Law Center lawyer, were charged with domestic terrorism last week. They violently attacked police once again. And I say once again because Tortuguita was shot dead weeks ago in early February. You'll often hear him described by media as a protester. But the fact is he shot at a cop. And lost the shootout. He shot at a state trooper. He wounded that state trooper. Police fired back. And Tortuguita died of something like 13, 14, 15 gunshot wounds. So they didn't miss. The The latest point in the saga of Tortuguita is that uh, a new point for his supposed innocence has emerged. According to an independent aut autopsy uh, cited by the family, they also commissioned their own autopsy. Tortuguita had his hands up when he was shot, just like Michael Brown, apparently, who also didn't have his hands up. But even if Tortuguita's hands were up, uh, the fact that he just finished shooting a cop certainly complicates his implied claim of innocence here. But maybe you wonder, well, how the hell can the autopsy even determine if his hands were up? Well, it's because Tortuguita's palms had exit wounds. Uh, so most likely he was in a seated position, cross-legged when killed. They say that's right. He was just meditating peacefully after he shot that cop, but I'm not even clear how they interpret If he has exit wounds in the palms, would that mean he was shot through the back of the hand? If the exit wound, yes. is, wound yes, is here yeah, in the palm, is. so they, or maybe his hands were down and, but if that, that statement implies to me that it, the, the projectile went through the, I guess what you would call the, the front or the like, non-palm side no. of his hand. Well, he probably tried to cover himself. Yeah, maybe it was like that. Yeah. But if, if there's yeah, an... Uh, 
He pointed a gun at a cop. I, I don't care. I guess what I'm saying that. is if they're implying that he had his hands up in surrender, that's usually palm forward. You don't surrender like this with. It's always palm forward. So I don't really get how they're saying. This is like the Michael Brown thing. Remember his uh his thumb was blown off and was his hand yeah. was like covered in um in gunpowder because he tried to he tried yeah. to grab the gun. Oh God, where's that guy now? Uh, Darren Will. Well, M- Michael Brown, we know where he is, but Darren Darren Bro-bro. Wilson was the cop. Yeah, uh, Darren Wilson's life was ruined. I remember somebody caught up with him a few years after and wrote a story about it. But he <sighs> lived. I think he basically all but changed his name. He lives as a different man now. Somewhere far, far away, which is probably for the best. The family of Tortuguita is suing the city of Atlanta. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation has an ongoing investigation into the matter as well. Uh, Also in news this week. uh, Early in the week, the big story was that some Americans crossed the Texas border near Brownsville into Mexico, and they were going there to get a at least one of them was going there to get a tummy talk. You can save big bucks by getting your cosmetic surgery south of the border. And that's all this was, just a group of friends going to hang out with their good friend while she gets a tummy tuck. And they all got kidnapped, and then two of those Americans were found dead on Tuesday, two others wounded since returned to the U.S. All of them uh, discovered in a drug stash house a few miles away from where the minivan Ah. they were driving was shot up in the attack. uh, This is in the Mexican border city of uh, Matamoros. And this has also led to some tensions between U.S. and Mexican officials to explain exactly what happened. Mexican authorities, as of Friday, had arrested uh, five in connection with the attack. But as investigation continues, it looks very likely that the entire premise we were told about this tummy tuck nonsense, that that was complete bullshit. Yeah. Mexican officials investigated the Americans who were entering Mexico, and it turns out at least two of them. This is actually old news, but Mexican officials said at least two of them have significant drug related criminal (laughs) convictions in the United States. There it is. Mexican officials say, quote, it cannot be ruled out that the attack against the Americans could be directly linked to drug trafficking operations, which their assailants believed the Americans could be carrying out. Now, perhaps you don't believe Mexican officials, but the Daily Mail has also looked into it and confirmed these drug rap sheets. In fact, not two, but all four of these Americans traveling had drug-related convictions, selling crack near a school, unlawful conduct toward a child, in fact, toward four children. Four of this women, uh, this woman's children tested positive for various drugs, including amphetamines, uh, meth, and marijuana, manufacturing mm. and possession of drugs, and in one case, just weed possession. Uh, but that it, it seems very odd to just uh, it, your friends just going south of the border for a tummy tuck. I know. Let's all hop in the car and drive down from where did they come from? North Carolina or something? I forget. But they came from a long way away. They're just driving down to like cartel HQ for a tummy tuck. It just so happens that they all have previous drug related convictions. And also of note, the Americans crossed into the border at 918 a.m., They were ambushed at 11.45 a.m. That allows for plenty of time for various activities that may explain what happened. So why the narrative? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, They're always talking about cartel violence. It's like, why wouldn't they just tell the truth about this? And I I don't. Well, maybe they. Yeah, maybe it's a border security thing. They don't want to uh, make the cartel seem very dangerous. I I bring I don't bring it up any of this to imply that the cartel is not dangerous it is oh don't fuck you up yeah uh it's the worst footage i've ever seen in my life that's not the point i'm making the point i'm making is that whatever's going on this 
nonsense about just a tummy tuck. Uh, that's that's not what happened here. This looks like there was some sort of um, drug involvement that has not been fully disclosed yet. Was it the family? Did the family come out and they were like, tummy tuck. I don't know who the source of the original tummy tuck story is. I, I don't have that information handy, but I, I would I would guess that's probably the case. It was some family or someone close to them. That's where the explanation came from. OK. Um, also, remember the uh, the withdraw uh, withdrawal of um, U.S. forces from Afghanistan a year and a half ago. That was late August or was it early September 2021? Yes. Right before 9-11. A bunch of Marines came out and they were like, we told them that this was a person of interest and there was going to be an impending attack. And they told us to get fucked. And, well, now there's congressional yeah. testimony of it. Uh, this Marine Sergeant Tyler Vargas Andrews, he lost um, his arm, his leg, and he his abdomen was fully open by the shrapnel at um, at the Kabul airport. I think it's like intestine. Like, it's remarkable that he, he testified survived. that he had something like 150 ball bearings in his body. Yeah. Yep. Um, anyway, we're going to play the video, but he warned of an imminent threat. Um, the, his, his group, they asked their battalion commander to come to the tower um, to confirm that the individual that met the description as a, the suspected bomber. And then the commander rejected um, their authority to shoot. They were not given permission, even though they asked for it. Yeah, he he says they repeatedly requested uh, permission to engage and there was an unclear chain of command and they just never got an answer. It's like, oh, I'll ask the, the other guy and the other guy never said anything. Here's his testimony. He was spotted somewhere from noon to 1 p.m. by my, 1 p.m. by myself, then Sergeant Charles Schilling and another. Over the communication network, we passed that there was a potential threat and an IED attack imminent. I requested engagement authority while my team leader was ready on the M110 semi-automatic sniper system. The response, leadership did not have the engagement authority for us. Do not engage. Pointedly, we asked him for engagement authority and permission. We asked him if we could shoot. Our battalion commander said, and I quote, I don't know, end quote. We received no update and never got our answer. Eventually, the individual disappeared. To this day, we believe he was a suicide bomber. Then a flash <clears throat> and a massive wave of pressure. I'm thrown 12 feet onto the ground, but instantly knew what had happened. I opened my eyes to Marines dead or unconscious lying around me. The withdrawal was a catastrophe in my opinion, and there was an ex inexcusable lack of accountability and negligence. The 11 Marines, one sailor, and one soldier that were murdered that day have not been answered for. Man, what a travesty. So to be as clear as possible, he's saying that he, the person they had their sights on, he believes was the suicide bomber because he fit a certain description they had from intelligence at the time and this guy it was a younger guy interacting with an older guy as though the older guy was kind of coaching him up to do what ultimately happened which was a suicide bombing that killed what was it 13 marines mm -hmm. uh, a soldier or 11 marines a soldier and a sailor um yeah so we we don't know for sure that was the guy but uh it seems highly probable we could have taken out that guy and did not yep um, very uh very tragic yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, how am I going to? Mm, no, I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to talk that. about the elderly and infirm. See, in I was going to make a transition between the stories and I thought, no, the those fallen service members deserve more honor than some joke to Me transition too. to Mitch McConnell and the rest <laughs> of uh, our, our very elderly members of, in this case, the Senate clinging to life. 
He's still hospitalized. A bunch but, of olds and retards running our government. So Fetterman, uh, who I'm totally convinced is dead. Anyway, they <laughs> no. Didn't you see up, the photos? He's working oh, I saw it. I saw a photo where they propped up his corpse, um, Victorian death photograph style. Yeah, and apparently he's hard at work uh, after battling depression, but it will still be a weeks long process. Hasn't responded to requests for comment as of Monday because he's dead. Um, then Feinstein, who is 194 years old, uh, is going back to for Senate business after she was in the hospital for several days because she had shingles, which is exclusively an old person disease. It's like glaucoma. Shingles. But, I, haven't there been kind of young people with glaucoma? I don't know, man. This, I guess I haven't looked at the data. This whole thing, like nobody older than 70 and i think i'm being pretty generous here and no one that recently suffered a stroke and has lost use of their their verbal functioning seriously how how low yeah. is the bar that i am setting here notably in fetterman's case we did not get video you're right we just but look how sternly look how confidently he's sitting with his crossed leg and he's assessing the information on his paper yeah whatever they broke a broom and then shoved it up the back <laughs> of his shirt and uh, that's what's happening here. By the and way, then, he's he's lost a ton of weight, too. And that, that probably is for his health benefit. I'm not saying that to rip on him, but so, something's going on where this guy has gone from giant and lumpy to actually somewhat trim by the look of him. Who, who yeah, knows? What, I'm sure what he's got lumpy that. hanging skin everywhere and stuff. I mean, he's he's pretty lumpy even in this photo from when was this back at uh, State of the Union, I think. And now, I mean, he's looking pretty skinny, man. At least uh, by his standards. Isn't he really tall? And I have never once thought about him naked. Just not once. <laughs> well, thank you for clarifying. Well, he's super tall, right? Uh, well, he's he always looks like he's towering over everybody else. So I would speculate he is indeed. Gross. And then Mitch McConnell. This, is, this one is particularly funny. So he tripped at a local hotel during a private dinner. I also uh, read that it was Walt, Waldorf Astoria. So he's like, like a super expensive hotel. Uh Got an old man concussion and then had to be admitted to the hospital for two days for a concussion. So he's still in, isn't serious. he? Um, I thought he was, yeah. He, yeah. He, no, he still isn't. This was two days ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's 81. He's just he, they noted in this article, though, that he had been walking around and asking staff questions. So everything's clearly fine. Well, he's yeah. working at least as hard as Fetterman. Then there's nothing to see here. Like, what is it that much to ask? Like, this is supposed to be competent citizens these are supposed to be positions for competent citizens that are doing this out of their civic duty and it's it's nepotistic like old people that that won't let go of their tiny bit of power and they clearly can't function normally and then fetterman well fetterman's not that old don't don't lump him in yeah but i mean (laughs) ayo yeah i walked into that Uh, one i didn't plan it but he has the mental capacity of of it's probably worse than joe biden's uh, that's saying something, but if I had to uh, put both of them up to a cognitive test, I might put money down on Biden over Fetterman. I at think least I would too. Yeah, form Fetterman, and that says nothing of the push-up contest. Who do you think wins? Nobody beats Joe Biden at a push-up contest. I don't think John. Honestly, Fetterman... I might go Joe Biden <laughs> yeah. on this one too. Yeah, but at least Joe Biden like comes in and out of engaging with reality. Fetterman, he's he's toast. They're just doing this so that they can laugh at us. They're like, all right, old people with dementia and post-stroke stutterers, go. Oh, 
Oh yeah. I, that's the only prediction I'm extremely proud of is I knew John Fetterman was going to be your, your next U S Senator from Pennsylvania, no matter what. And it's all <laughs> for know. the sake of clown world laughing at us. From okay. our favorite dangerous spaces, Beyonce has shown her support for Feinstein with a charity song, all the shingle ladies. Ooh, hey. uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Uh, that was really uh, wholesome yeah that, as far as the chat goes that was very polite thank you uh all right let's talk about the news of the weekend which is uh well now at this point the federal government shutting down two banks we got news of the second one within just the last few hours but let's start with the one that they <sighs> shut down on what was it friday um for, it started with with silicon valley bank uh based in california yeah so this is oh my resource is CNBC, so that they're clearly going to mention not mention some things. Um, I would say that a a general lack of confidence significantly contributed to this situation. I don't think it was nearly as acute as they're they're making it out to be, but um, we'll talk about that later. So from CNBC, the root of SVB's collapse stems from dislocation spurred by higher rates. That's somewhat true. As startup clients withdrew deposits, keep their company afloat in a chilly environment for IPOs and private fundraising. SVP, which um, they are, uh, they, they raise capital for predominantly tech startups. They found themselves short on capital uh, and they sold all of its available for sale bonds at $1.8 billion loss as of Wednesday. Oh, God. All right. Okay. So they suddenly needed all of this capital. And this was after the crypto-focused Silvergate Bank collapsed. Um, and so people were freaking out about that. And that sparked another wave of deposit withdrawals. And VCs were instructing their portfolio companies to move their funds out. So there was all of this existing concern that a bank run here could pose an existential threat to startups um, who couldn't get into their deposits. So all of these people that, that were starting these companies and her, had already started them, they were worried about they were worried about payroll and immediate expenses. And it just created this chilling effect where they're like, fuck, we better get all of our money out. Um, and there was a contagion within this bank. So customers said Greg Becker didn't instill confidence when he urged them to stay calm. So on Thursday, <laughs> yeah. on Thursday, after all of this started, um, it had been what, 24, 48 hours. And he, he sends an email and he does this call where he's like, everyone needs to chill out and stay calm. And of course, telling uh, people invested in your bank to stay calm is like uh, the, the worst possible. Thing That's my concern. Do. All the worst people in the world are telling me there's nothing to see here, which is I how know. I know there's a lot to yeah. see here. Just stay calm. Everything's yeah. fine. So everybody naturally was like, stay calm. We have to freak out. Yeah. Um, and all told, customers withdrew 42 billion of deposits by the end of Thursday. By the close of business that day, SVB had a negative cash balance of Drumroll, please. $958 million. Okay. Negative cash balance. Damn. So my understanding of this situation in more layman's terms, tell me if I'm understanding this correctly, but this is a bank that primarily has accounts for tech startups. These yeah. tech startups rely on venture capitalists to fund their operations. Given the economic environment currently and the yes. high cost of borrowing and all the other factors going on, these venture capitalists are... Uh, not as enthusiastic about providing money as they maybe have been in the past, which means mm -hmm. these tech startups have to tap into their bank accounts at, at, at Silicon Valley bank to cover all their costs that leaves Silicon Valley bank with less cash than anticipated. 
And once that is revealed, everyone's like, okay, give me my money. And they all start scooping it. There was a large sum of corporate funds in there too, though. Okay. 93% of people invested at SVP had more than the FDIC uh, deposit, which is $250,000. Right. Yes. And that, that's why the, that's why the feds are stepping in now because there's a large amount of uninsured deposits that without their intervention would uh, would presumably be lost unless someone came in to buy the bank and cover all of that, I guess. Seven percent of the deposits are insured. That's yeah. it. OK, what, what's uh, I guess I have no base. I mean, that sounds like a lot, obviously, but I don't know what the baseline is at a, a bank with more diversified clientele. Um, what do you mean baseline for for uh, like amount if, deposited? If you, if you look at like uh, a big bank. With a lot of different customers, ranging from just like your own personal checking to massive corporate accounts, what percent of their account, what percent of their accounts are over that two hundred and fifty thousand dollar threshold that the FDIC insures? All right, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think somebody like U.S. Bank would have more of the average individual clientele that's living paycheck to paycheck. Hmm. So I think that they are a particular uh, sector that um that attracted this uh this higher deposit clientele yeah uh well we throughout the day we've been tracking the various statements from janet yellen the treasury secretary and uh the fed as well and everybody else who's handling this in the federal government uh so they bounced back and forth um early in the day janet yellen says there there aren't going to be any bailouts there's going to be no bailouts at all then uh, within the last few hours it became okay just a bailout for the uninsured deposits that we were just talking about. Those mm -hmm. those accounts that have deposits in excess of $250,000 that the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, will not cover normally. Mm -hmm. Now it appears uh, that is the plan. Uh, that that it, it, it's going to be that the, the, Fed, the, the Fed and the FDIC are going to step in and cover these uninsured deposits. And uh, they assure... They assure you uh, it won't cost taxpayers a dime. So don't worry about that. Well, um, pray tell, how are they going to do this? Are they going to conjure money out of thin air? Are they going to print us into like wheelbarrows of money buying loaves of bread, hyperinflation? Yes. Yes, they uh, are. Money printer go burr. Indeed. That is, the statement says something to that effect. It might be a little more sophisticated, but this is the statement, uh, the joint statement released from the Treasury, the Federal Reserve and the FDIC just a few hours ago. Again, no taxpayer costs. So we're going to get both uninsured deposits covered and no taxpayer cost whatsoever. Um, these deposits will be fully protected, meaning that those with these deposits in excess of the $250,000, they're going to get all their money back in the form of government funny money. Since no losses will be covered by taxpayers, that means it's, it's not you and I giving the government money to cover these things. They're just, the money is magic wand money, apparently. Uh, and this, this, uh, magic money is going to be available bright and early tomorrow morning. So if you have one of these accounts in Silicon Valley bank Wait for uninsured, that's what the statement says. Jeez. Did they just come out with this? Yeah. It's within the last few hours. Oh, damn. Let me make sure I understand exactly what they say is going to be available. Wow. That's retarded. It's going to incentivize uh, all of these other the banks just to behave maybe. because the last I read at like four forty-five was that. Um, anything under $250,000 funds will be available on Monday, but now they've extended that maybe to uninsured. I'm, yeah. Maybe I've actually mischaracterized that because now I can't find exactly what the state. Okay. 
Protects, I'm sure they will eventually. No, it just says depositors will have access to all of their money starting Monday, March 13th. And that's depositors unqualified. That's not depositors under or over the $250,000 threshold. That's anybody mm. with an account at Silicon Valley Bank, if I'm reading that correctly. They must realize the average American does know that although they might not be paying for this with yeah. their tax money, that they're still paying for it in inflation. Uh, yeah. Uh, How the, stupid do they think we you're are? Gonna, you're going to be you're going to be paying for it in one form or another. The Fed uh, uh, also will provide uh, loans for institutions impacted by the bank failure. Shareholders and certain unsecured debt holders will not Wait, be protected. loans for institutions. So if you ha- if there's some kind of institution with, I guess, either some or. Uh, association with or some debt with or some agreement with Silicon Valley Bank, if that is not covered, the the feds will offer loans to help relieve that. Holy shit, that could be hundreds of millions of dollars. It's uh, a lot of a lot of numbers, I would assume. Uh, And and when I when we talk about them just making this money up, uh, I'm not trying to be uncharitable. That as far as I understand is basically what this statement says. Um, and, and tell me if I'm reading this correctly, not just for Silicon Valley bank necessarily either, apparently any bank that can't meet depositor needs. This is from the statement quote, the federal reserve board on Sunday announced it would make available additional funding to eligible depository institutions, not Silicon Mm -hmm. Valley bank, eligible depository institutions to help assure banks, banks, plural have the ability to meet the needs of depositors. Is that them saying that any bank that can't cover uh, accounts over the, the usual $250,000 threshold is going to get bailed out for those deposits? Or am I misreading? It's a very broad statement that includes Well, they're clearly banks. going to bail out the banks. I love that because Janet Yellen came out yesterday and said it like unequivocally, we're not bailing out banks again after 2008. Right. And now they're like, well, we're going to bail out some banks. We slept on it and it's going to be uh, like a half bailout. But if you're just an investor in the company, you're screwed. Mm. Um, anyway. Uh, and, and, and you made the point, but I want, I want to emphasize, uh, when they say that, uh, when they're, they say they're going to do this and acting like you don't pay the cost for this, um, what they're doing here drives up the cost of literally everything there. It's, it's unavoidable to bear the cost of what they're doing here, especially if they keep doing it beyond just Silicon Valley bank. And, and even if we don't, uh, whether we pay for this in taxes or inflation or market panic that may happen, which we'll get to in a moment, or just other associated costs, you mentioned this too, I, I want to emphasize as well. The problem is that this move will incentivize, or it's at least going to excuse, similar reckless bank behavior. If the <laughs> banks know that they can in- invest in risky ways, as Silicon Valley Bank apparently did, or at least be over-concentrated in one particular sec- sector of the market. And they knew not- that after 2008, though. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just getting a lighter version of that, apparently. Yeah. Um, but they're not going to if they know they can do that and not be accountable to their depositors. There's no reason for them to assess risk seriously in the future. Yeah, if you're any. Bank. Exactly. Yeah, now, yeah. I know that the bigger banks of the world are regulated differently than some of these smaller banks. But if you're a peer of Silicon Valley Bank and you're looking at what's happening here, are you going to assume, wow, we better tighten it up and make sure we can cover all scenarios? Or are you thinking? And I mean, we'll we'll try, but if we can't cover deposits, who cares? Here comes the Fed and the FDIC to take care of it anyway. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm getting real psyop on this situation because this is what I would do 
if I were an evil genius lording over the world. This is what I would do to drive people into the safety and security of big banks. Yeah, it'll concentrate I, I would, for sure. Yes, I would do a run on local banks. So SVP, I know it's a specific bank and everything like that. So creating a chilling effect, it's it's only going to apply to local banks and credit unions, right? I mean, nobody's going to take their money out of Chase Bank. Although my friend yesterday told me that he was at Chase Bank and they're limiting their daily withdrawals to $5,000. Yeah, I don't know. At this point, it's like I, I'll take whatever I have in any bank and put it in pirate gold or uh, ammunition or actual dog shit. I'll take whatever I can over the U.S. dollar, please. Uh, yeah, right but away. De- so. Depositors are at such a major disadvantage because banks act um, much more unpredictably than depositors do. People freak out. They always behave the same way. They withdraw their funds and everything like that. But we don't know exactly what the bank behavior is going to be because the the government outreach and the government support uh, is liable to change. I'll tell you what the bank behavior is. It's cashing out and then getting the hell out of there, which is apparently what happened in this case to some degree. Yeah. uh, Greg Becker, the CEO of SVB, um, he sold 12,500 shares, $287 each on February 27th. And he made $3.6 million in return. And then he bought some of those back um, when the stock price went down 60%. So this sounds like insider trading, right? It totally does. But to avoid insider trading, the regulator has limited the sale of shares by the executives of a company to dates set in advance. This, This clearly didn't prevent insider trading in this case, but whatever. Executives must notify in advance they're going to sell shares. Becker did respect this rule. He had indicated on January 26th, so they need a month that he intended to sell shares. I don't even get the theory here. It's like, yeah, there's a little bit more of a time buffer. But if I know that there's a little bit of bookkeeping trouble or risk uh, happening. He would have known this, that they were having problems like 18 months ago. uh, Yeah, I don't don't understand I need someone to explain to me how this, at least in spirit, is not insider trading. I don't. I well, don't get because that of, all, because but. of that that totally arbitrary one month buffer. They just gave it. A, I guess I guess that's what yeah. you have to do. You have to give it an arbitrary line, and he was outside of the arbitrary line. You know, insider trading used to not be illegal, and sometimes I wonder if it shouldn't be illegal. Like if you've earned that knowledge within a company by creating the company, uh, you have more knowledge than the um, the the average investor. Like, why shouldn't you be able to use it? Well, uh, I suppose if you wanted to take that position, like your actions are a cue to other investors. For sure. Um, yeah. In in this case, if, if you were to take that position, in this case, that cue was actually sort of concealed or kicked down the road. And maybe it would have been better for for right. so he in, sells investors all of his to have shares. that information. Yeah. So he sells all of his shares, let's say, uh, February 27, 2021 or 2022. Mm then the market would have had a more gradual adjustment period and it probably wouldn't be causing a bank run. Hmm. I'd never even heard of SVB before this. Had you? Uh, no, not really. I'm sure I've probably seen some of their branches or something, but uh, it's yeah, not something I, mean, I thought about frequently, of course. Um, But yeah, that's the situation. I mean, he's going to make a ton of money. And then the the bank, I don't know if I really care about this either, but bank play, uh, paid employees their standard bonuses. Um. The size of the payouts couldn't be determined. Um, I think this is from Glassdoor: twelve thousand for associates and one hundred forty thousand for managing directors. Uh, and in California, like that sounds like one hundred forty thousand dollars. That sounds like a big ass bonus. But man, that's not the money it used to be. That's at and least did... two months' rent. That's a big. Payout. <laughs> I know. And twelve thousand dollars for associates. That's 
12 grand was fucking nothing. Like, Likewise, that's the cost of a coffee in San Francisco, I think. Yeah. And again, these people are in San Francisco. So, and then they did pay it out the same at the same week, the second week in March that they had every other year. So it's not like they were like, oh, oh okay. shit, we better, we better pay out our, so I actually don't really have that much of a problem with this. I mean, uh, people probably should have realized that they shouldn't put more cash than the maximum FDIC insurance limit in a single bank. Why would you ever do it? The economy is not strong. Why would you do that? It's stupid. Uh, all, all your eggs in any one basket is generally not advisable, though yeah. I don't offer financial advice anyway, other than buy pirate gold, ammunition, and dog shit. For real. Yeah. I, yeah. Like my parents were asking me questions. I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, get what about, uh, is, 10 pounds of tobacco and air seal it, and you can yeah. uh, you can trade it for toilet paper in five years. I don't know. Is this uh, is all their stuff about ESG and diversity initiatives? Is that uh, just kind of piling oh, yeah. on, or is there anything to that? No, it's it's hilarious. Like that's the other thing. Why are they bailing out these woke banks that that were catering to this um terrible woke clientele? That I don't give a fuck about, by the way. You are you have a tech startup in San Francisco. You can kiss my ass. I don't care if you lost all of your money because you put it all in the same shitty bank, the same shitty woke bank. Now we're gonna bail these people out again, again, again. A, a, a gallon of milk is gonna cost fifty dollars. Whatever. Okay, so the diversity initiatives, they're way worse than than anybody's even talking about. This is um this is the ESG. What is that? Equity sustainability governance or something? I, I forget the exact uh what the acronym means, but ESG is uh yeah, it's a reference to sort of this uh how well you score on your commitment to progressive causes. Let me get the exact uh so gay. terminology while you describe their commitment to it. So this headline um, from an article they wrote in January 2022, Silicon Valley Bank commits to $5 billion in sustainable finance and carbon neutral operations to support a healthier planet. Like that's a priority. Like you can't meet your basic requirements of your depositors and you're worried about giving money to create a carbon neutral world. What a bunch of retards. I think you got it right, by the way. Environmental, social and governance criteria, ESG. Ugh. Blah. Anyway, and then, of course, this is what happens when you hire a bunch of minority women to serve positions that white men should be serving in. Um, So they had no chief risk officer at a bank for tech startups between April 2022 and January 2023. Nobody was filling that position. Um, Well, it was a tough time to hire in their defense. Good God. <laughs> that, can, that, can that be a more important position within And based a bank? on their hiring practices, it looks like it might have been better off filled with nobody than some of their it other staff. It actually might have. Yeah. Maybe I sh- I'm arguing against myself here. But this chick that lords over that position in, um, I think, in UK, in the UK role, she acts as CRO for the bank in Europe, Africa, and the Middle East. She describes herself as a queer person of color from a working class background. She's organized a host of LGBTQ initiatives a month-long pride campaign, implemented a safe space catch-up for staff. She had events for like lesbians and trannies or something like that. So she's like a like a, a tranny party planning committee, but she but she, her position is risk management of a giant bank in a in an international operation. And then this happens. Chief tranny party officer. That's what that was her role. It's just like, why do people think that this stuff is not is not going to happen when, well, when they're we, not uh, taking these things seriously? We didn't anticipate all our customers coming to withdraw all of their deposits, and we spent all their money on big time tranny parties. That's the story. Yeah, of I know. 
Silicon Valley Bank again. Before we move on, though, I will say something in defense of in defense of um, SVB. Uh, What they do, which is uh, fractional reserve banking, that means that a tiny, tiny percentage of your money is actually kept in a bank vault. The entire point of a bank is for us to put our money and then the bank to use one percent of it to do something that benefits us, and the rest of it is kept in an eight thousand pound vault that nobody can get into. That's the entire purpose of a bank. Anyway, they keep like a thousand dollars on hand now. You could probably rob a bank and they give you like sixty dollars in, in twenty dollar bills and they'd be like, This is seriously all we have here. <laughs> um so fractional reserve banking and then commingling of of funds, people get arrested for doing that in their own company. Yeah. And then what they're doing is they're taking their money, using it our money, using it for God knows what. Your money in the bank, that shit does not exist. And that's for every bank, not just. What are you SVP. talking about? It's backed by the FDIC. Yeah, I'm sure it is. We'll see about this. They're going to print so much money that two hundred fifty thousand dollars will get you like a car yeah. in five years or something. Well, that's yeah. that might be wishful thinking. That might that assumes cars will still be manufactured. <laughs> and I don't know about that. Lol. And 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 the number one thing that makes me worry about this as a non-finance expert, as you can probably tell from some of my irresponsible commentary this evening, but this is a lot of this stuff is a little bit outside my wheelhouse. Uh, what worries me as a layman on these topics is when the wrong people tell me not to worry. Ooh, here's how I know. here's how ABC News covered uh, the story this morning, insisting that the White House and the experts tell you everything is fine. So everything must be fine, I guess. The White House rushing to calm financial markets. The reforms of the global financial uh, crisis of 2007-2008, uh, we've put in place stress tests and other tools that our regulators have uh, to provide more resilience to our banking system. One expert says banks remain healthy overall. Fundamentally, the system is in very good shape and <laughs> take a lot of pressure. Several regional bank stocks tumbled Friday. Thousands of wineries who relied on SVB are reportedly locked out of their accounts and sections of the housing market could even be at risk. But larger banks like J.P. Morgan Chase and Bank of America are regulated differently and held to a higher standard. Most Americans won't even feel a ripple here. It's, it's, it's not something that people, I think, should be concerned about. Uh, yeah, well, we know that all the big banks fared perfectly well in 2008. Yeah. Well, and that, that's my worry, too. Even if people take their word for it, they're telling you, oh, these big banks are a little bit of a safer bet because of the higher degree of regulation. Well, what's that incentive to do? That's incentive, if I listen to you, to move my money from the local credit union to some big national bank. And, and just if people follow that advice and start moving money around in that way number one we get concentration in the way you describe but you just get a lot of volatility going on too, a lot of money moving around in a chaotic yeah. way it's so preposterous that people are willing to bank on a bank's reputation that was difficult to say um but if you talk to somebody in 2007 and when you were like listen there's going to be a subprime morbid mortgage um collapse and lehman brothers is going to be insolvent in a year people on wall street would have laughed in your face I don't know why everybody acts like like these banks are so huge that they can never fail. Too big to fail. We've been here before. It wasn't that long ago. Maybe if the banks aren't too big to fail, our government is. Maybe that's the thinking. Uh, Over the weekend, there were images of lines of people at multiple First Republic uh, bank locations in Los Angeles and, and throughout California. This could be a preview of of what may happen tomorrow morning. But I think given the news from uh yellen and company that might temper some of this uh so maybe people will be trying to pull their money in the morning or maybe they'll be persuaded that janet yellen and um 
what's his face uh, at the at the Federal Reserve are going to are going to take care of this for them. Maybe we won't see that. But also of note. Um, uh, oh, uh, I, the the other thing is that uh, stocks tumbled uh, on Friday for all of these regional banks as well. Similar regional banks like First Republic, PacWest Bank, uh, uh, First Republic, as I mentioned, PacWest Bank, also in California, Western Alliance Bank in Arizona. They all tanked on Friday and the SEC actually halted their trading. Mm-hmm. So, again, uh, another indicator of uh, nervousness about these particular banks. Uh, and then I, I mentioned it earlier, but within just the last few hours, in fact, I think at the same time, the, uh, the Yellen and uh, Powell and company released their joint statement. Federal regulators announced they are shutting down New York based Signature Bank in a bid to prevent this, the spreading banking crisis. They say Signature Bank is one of the main banks to the cryptocurrency industry. So they're not in cryptocurrency themselves, but they give money to, they lend money to the cryptocurrency oh. industry is, uh, this is sort of like the Silicon Valley bank of crypto. If Silicon Valley is giving money to these, uh, small, uh, tech startups, signature bank is lending money to cryptocurrency companies. At the end of the year, signature bank had $110 billion in total assets, 89 billion in total deposits. The federal reserve and the FDIC are citing the same thing. Systemic risk exception, for this move, I don't see much more in detail beyond that, but it's the same thing for Signature Bank as Silicon Valley Bank. Now, the Fed and the FDIC say that uh, Signature Bank depositors will have full access to their deposits and a similar, uh, uh, which will be a similar move to the one they just made with with Silicon Valley. Um, last thing I wanted to say on this, I did uh, I did text uh, a friend of mine who works in finance just to see what his thoughts were on how alarmed or not we should be about this situation. And he said many of the same things that you said about Silicon Valley being a, a bank with particular practices or characteristics that made them vulnerable to this sort of thing. He said Silicon Valley bank primarily catered to tech startups who relied on, on venture capital funds in an economic environment where small tech companies struggle because of uh, the high cost of borrowing, or at least currently, that led these clients to make a run on the bank because venture capitalists weren't willing to pour money into the sector at the moment. Um, he says most banks don't operate with the same overconcentration of this type of depositor. Technically, this could occur at any bank, but SVP's particular clientele made it more likely. So in combination, it's or in summary, it's a combination of, of bad economic factors uh, in the form of high interest rates and, and other things, plus uh, investor hesitation as well, plus just being overinvested in one particular sector. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not pulling all my money out of banks, but I have, I keep like low cash reserves. Are you? Uh, I, I, I certainly keep less money in a savings account than I used to, but it's not just because of this episode. It's like the value of the dollar has been uh, declining. I mean, it's always been declining, I suppose, but it's prospects lately are especially bad. So I've been trying to get out of, holding cash as much as possible. That's why I'm I am, that's why it's pirate enough. gold, ammunition and dog. Yeah. Shit, yeah. Okay? I, I feel comfortable enough to like be giving people financial advice in this situation. Okay. So well, there are legal obligate. There are legal liabilities. But I, I can't, associated with that. Are there? I'm pretty sure. Isn't it the case that if you say that and someone does it, that you might be liable. Why? I'm not anybody's financial advisor. Well, this if is you not... listen to a chick on the internet and you, then yeah, what whatever happens is your, okay. Principal. So this is like blonde's I... not financial advice. 
Okay. Uh, so I think that the best thing to do is to uh, stop investing in long-term investments. Like I wouldn't be putting any money in my retirement account or anything like that, unless you've got some crazy job matching plan. Um, I would be buying things like real property, like, like land, gold, although in a post-society collapse, I'm not really sure that precious metals are going to help you that much, but um, try to bolster your skills. And then this is, this has been longstanding, but it's always been the case that having um, cash in the bank is one of the riskiest things that you can do, especially during a, a period of inflation. Like every year that you have cash in a checking account that's not earning any interest, every year that there's inflation, last year you would have lost 7%. And the year before that, you would have lost 7%, just, just based on inflation. So it's like you, you were better off holding low interest debt at that point, right? I would try to pay off your mortgage, though, because when society collapses, people, uh, the government's just going to seize your house. Other this, kinds of debt. That's what I'm saying. This has been it. not financial advice from a chick. <laughs> Shut up. That's what I'm doing. Silly woman. We'll have to make a segment out of it. That could be very valuable in the coming mm. weeks and months. Uh, yeah. bef- before we finish up. Um, <sighs> oh, and the last thing I was going to say about my, my friend's commentary and what you said there too it's it could very well be the case that this is nothing more than irresponsible management by one particular bank and there's not much to see here beyond that what makes me all the banks are doing this is the reaction to it too it's like if people start moving money around in chaotic ways that's going to have effects on on all of us in addition to the effects that the bailout will have anyway or the not bailout outside of being um, a relatively unique clientele i don't think this this bank was doing anything that's more retarded than anything any other bank is doing. Uh, yeah, the, my, my friend did say that, actually. He said uh, that this could theoretically happen to any bank. It's just that they're particularly vulnerable to it because of the over-concentration of their clientele. Yeah. yeah. Before we get to the top of the hour and some super chats, let's quickly knock out the last of the economic topics here, which is, uh, <laughs> well, if you have any hope of uh, the Fed getting us out of the broader problem of inflation, it's not looking good. And... Uh, well, Biden's budget plans don't look very promising either. What's it? We, we had uh, another red hot jobs report. Yeah. Have you heard of this Jolts report? I've never heard of this before. It's a Labor Department's job opening and labor turnover survey. Okay. So this is what just came out. And it showed that there were 10.8 million job openings at the end of December, which is 1.9 vacancies for every unemployed person. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, so the Federal Reserve is freaking, freaking out about this because they think it's going to um, fuel inflation, which it may or may not. Uh, so economists forecast payrolls would grow by 223,000. Unemployment rate holds steady at 3.4%. And the range of forecasts was between 160,000 to 325,000. So it outperformed. I mean, that's that's so unpredictable. Like the spread of what they expected was was nearly 200,000 jobs. So what they found out is that there are tons of jobs, supposedly, for the average citizen. But I think that what this represents is probably um, a citizen with a certain amount of education getting two jobs, both of which uh, are are less than their education and experience, to stay slightly above the poverty line. Yeah, and of course... And how many of these are government jobs? Well, we know 75,000 of them are IRS jobs. Well, th- th- that's over 10 years, though. So not immediately, but I'm sure I'm sure maybe it's part of it. Um, I, I mean, I want that breakdown. Like I, I want yeah. a, a match of people that are um, underemployed, that are that are getting jobs that are way shittier than the experience that they have, that they're getting underpaid. How yeah, many people have two jobs? How many people are doing side hustles? 
doing Uber Eats, doing all this other crap. And how many of these are government jobs? That's course, the data I want. The other big problem is this is the exact opposite of what the Fed is looking for. So as long as the Fed sees this, they're going to keep cranking up the interest rates, which exactly. uh, the, once the investment dries up, once it's harder to borrow money, you're going to watch those jobs numbers correct very violently, very bluntly. Yeah. And I, I wonder if they actually, if they reconfigured the way that they count jobs, if that economic principle whereby um, inflation increases when uh, unemployment increases, if that would even stand true. I don't know. All I know is uh, Biden's got it all figured out. After all, he's presided over the creation of 12,000 jobs during his presidency. All told, we've created more than 12,000, 12,000 jobs since they took office. That's his words of uh, comfort. Uh, in the the wake of all the uh, financial turmoil. Now, of course, the number he's trying to say is 12 million. And of course, his defenders will say, uh, well, well, what are you, you're ripping on the president for creating millions of jobs. Well, number one, um, what he's citing uh, in large part are not in fact new jobs uh, relative to the start of 2020 and jobs that were lost because of their dumbass response to COVID that have been somewhat recovered. It's recovery. Um, And as I, as I mentioned uh, earlier, a cooling job market is what the Fed wants. So the hotter these job jobs numbers are, the more the Fed is going to keep jacking up the interest rates, the harder it's going to become to borrow money. And those precious jobs numbers are going to correct because there's no money to pay for them anymore. So uh, I, I wouldn't take much comfort in what the president is offering, but he's got uh, a massive spending package of more of the same. Uh, in fact, more of the same would probably be to downplay this because this would, if I'm, if I'm correct, I think this would be the largest budget proposal in the history of the country, or if, if not right up there, uh, he, he offered his, his budget proposal this week, nearly $7 trillion, massive new spending, increased taxes, but don't worry. The increased taxes are only on big businesses and the rich who assuredly will not pass any costs down to the consumer. Right. Uh, and and we don't we also don't count the tax you mentioned before. Inflation doesn't count as a tax. We're not we're not taxed by that. That's uh, just incredible. It's the biggest tax. It's arguably the biggest tax that we're paying. Yeah. Not arguably. It definitely is. Yeah. Well, all of this is presented under the exact sort of nonsensical circular reasoning you'd expect. Man, it really is expensive out there for working families. Better increase government spending uh, to help them uh, get out of this uh, predicament, even though spending more money makes everything more expensive and worsens the problem. And now that the problem is worse, well, we need yet more government takeover and yet more government spending to help alleviate these problems that we've worsened through our government spending in the first place. And the cycle continues forever until we're burning dollars for winter heat, potentially next year. Uh, Yeah. My mom was telling me that in Weimar Republic, they would um, make kites out of the money and they would fly. fly That's great. That's so that's very wholesome. People can't um, see that we're barreling towards that future. Well, the good news is this particular budget proposal has zero chance in Congress. So I'm not going to waste time analyzing all the details until there's a possible compromise bill with a realistic chance of passing. And that is not this. So we will uh, stop the financial <laughs> talk there. And Does get the budget into, proposal have a name? Is it called more of the same? Uh, the more of the same act. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they gave it a catchy name. They didn't give it the old uh, Inflation Reduction Act branding. You're right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, let's catch up with uh, our chatters. And I'm going to start with Rumble. As a reminder to everyone that Rumble chats are able to be read these days if you choose to view and support the show over there. 
Pep Siddle. Hi, Matt and Blonde. Been a long time since I super chatted. Trying out this Rumble thing. Hope you have your money in local credit unions. Well, no, it's uh, pirate gold, ammunition, and dog shit. That's that's the strategy. For real. I I actually have $400 in my checking account right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I, with what time I had today, I can't, uh, I, I would be lying if I said I didn't spend some time thinking about where else could I put what I have? What what could I do here? Uh, didn't make any decisions or moves, but Emma, yeah. if you don't know what to do with your money, just buy Emma. Maybe uh, maybe I'm contributing to the problem though. If I contribute to the bank run, who knows? That's the other thing. Did I did I already say this? No. Okay. It's also possible that that these people, these globalists, are so good at predicting consumer behavior that they know that this is going to cause a bank run, in which case we're just feeding into their plan. Yeah, maybe. So I don't I don't know what to say here. It's unsafe to keep your money in banks, but it always has been. I don't really know that this changes anything. Hmm. Uh, Addicted to Drum says thanks. Well, thank you. Cribbles says more Yankee Banky, please. Then I could send you more for less. Circa Occupy Wall Street and the Kanukistani, or a cir- a Circa Occupy Wall Street. The Kanukistani was above par instead of a greenback costing a dollar forty. Is this written in some language I don't understand? <laughs> yeah, I, what did you just say? I, yeah, I lost that one. But thank you, Cribbles. I'm sorry, I'm missing the references. Anyway, I think uh, we're retarded. Do you want me to read something? Yeah, let's move over to Tippy Stream on YouTube. The yawns got me. Zors. I'm looking at doing a road trip this summer with my buddies to scout out places to move. I'll be in Idaho and Montana for part of it. So if either of you want to give me suggestions of places to look at, that'd be appreciated. Also, we might go shooting. So if you know any good places, Matt, that'd be great. And of course, you're welcome to join if you get the itch. I saw what you said about me on Discord. You licked oh, my wow. Butthole, I thought Zors you were a big me. fan. No, I like him. He's, he's really okay. great. Yeah. Um, hope to catch y'all on the call-in show soon. Last Wednesday, I didn't get lucky. Maybe this Wednesday. Rest in peace, sleep. Uh, thank you, bud. Uh, depends on what you're trying to do. If you're, I don't know if you're looking to see the cities, what we call cities in this state, at least, or if you're trying to, <laughs> yeah. um, if you're trying to see like uh, natural features. I will say, when are you? Does it say when he's coming this summer? Summer. Um, even though the national parks are awesome, Yellowstone and Glacier. If you go in July or really anytime, June through August, you are going to be fighting insane crowds of people. So I actually would kind of advise against visiting the national parks at Damn. that time, unless it's like the only time you ever could, then it's, it's worth a visit. Um, but, but I would advise uh, finding a way just to get out into some wilderness. And if you need some suggestions on how to do that, uh, just send me an email. And I can give you something more specific on the shooting front. One of the things that bugs me about Bozeman is we don't actually have great shooting facilities. There is uh, a pretty good outdoor range up in big sky, which is 45, 50 miles South. Um, And big sky is its own cool place to visit. It's sort of hard to find. So if you were going to big sky and wanted to find it, I would again, encourage you to contact me. But other than that, I mostly just use public land around here, which is perfectly legal to shoot on, but you don't get, you don't get benches you don't get some of the accommodations that a more formal range would offer. And if it's a really hot, sunny day, you just get fried out in the sun. So that kind of sucks too, but this all sounds terrible. Those are really the options. There's not a lot of great, we used to have an indoor shooting range really close to where I live. 
And then it got, I think the business struggled and it got bought out by the Gallatin County Sheriff's Office. And so now it's a police training center. You can't even go in there anymore. I don't really like shooting indoors because it's really loud and kind of boring. But um, yeah, but you could go yeah. in there and you could rent. They had like everything for rent. If you want to try a certain gun or you just wanted to go to a convenient place to shoot for a half hour. It was pretty useful for that. Now we don't even have that. So yeah, good that luck. That kind of surprises me, I guess. And if you, Probably if, around here we have a lot of shooting monkeys. Yeah, sometimes it's sometimes it's better just to find a good uh, piece of public land and make your own fun. It's true. You can shoot a lot of things when you do that. And you can shoot at you can shoot far. You know, I mean, you want to yeah. you want to shoot at great distances. There's a lot that can be done by just uh, going out into public land. But if you need more specific info, send me an email. Have you ever shot a pumpkin? I can't say I have. I've seen plenty of videos of it though. It's really fun. Uh, watermelons also a common target. Yeah. Bottles yeah. of soda. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, I bought PN. Thank you so much, sir. Daniel Kunkel, dedicated dedication to the January 6th insurrection lie has religious zeal. Uh, they'd memory hold the footage if they uh, could to Tucker. I say, when you're taking the flak, you're over the target. Keep dropping truth bombs. I know this goes against my narrative that Tucker is a CIA shell, but I'm still open to it. There might be some evidence to that effect. We'll get into it in a little bit. And uh, I owe Ibot uh, a Bernie. Thank you, Ibot. I am not going to be niggardly. And thank you, Daniel, as well. Holden Mulray, hi, Truth Seekers. Did you see former home Santa Clara County in the news this week? My former home. Regarding their surveillance of a church? God bless. This sounds vaguely familiar, but we didn't work up the story. I did not. I actually didn't see that at all. All I saw out of uh, the Bay Area was this uh, Silicon Valley Bank news. Yeah, I can look at Folks talk about term limits for elected officials. What about term limits for unelected officials? Yeah. (laughs) Fair Term point. limits for all. Uh, I don't see. Santa oh, is, Clara is County? it federal judge pauses church's fight over Santa Clara COVID rules? I do see that story. Is that what he's referencing? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know Must the story. Be. So you'll have to send it to me. Saw it on Daily fun. Mail and didn't dive into it too much. Uh, Wicked Massel. Would you support a deal where each state gets one to three Senate seats based on population? Total staying at 100, but there's a balanced budget Oof. amendment. It can be any kind you want, immediate or mandatory deficit reduction, cyclical or annual. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Ooh. I actually don't know what you're going to say about this. I'm going to decline, actually. I'm, I'm going to decline because equal power of the states before the federal government is crucial in, in maintaining. That's uh, true. The, yeah. the, in maintaining the power of the states relative to each other, making sure that no state dominates another state politically, which is the entire point of the system. Even if you give me a balanced budget, uh, balanced budget amendment in this case, I have strengthened a state like California relative to my state, and I've right. empowered them to ram a bunch of bullshit down the throat right. they of my could just state. Change. After the fact. They could just change the terms of the balanced budget. Yeah. So I would yeah, not I would not give more populous states even more power than they already hold. I think that's dangerous. I'm with you. Uh, Robin D. Banks. Matt and I once made love a weight, just like the Gulf of Tonkin incident, WMDs in Iraq, Trump Russia collusion, and checks notes. The insurrection now that never happened. Well, that's the first time we've ever had a denial, I suppose, on the show. Uh, thank you, Robin. Oh, my battery it. is going to run out on my mouse. Ah, and that uh, awesome Apple design makes sure that uh, your mouse is useless if it needs to charge. 
You want to take over? Yeah, good luck. M-Dub says, I suffered through the entirety of the Whatever podcast with Michael Knowles, and I lost brain cells from hearing their opinions. Blonde, please talk some sense into this toxic pond men fish in as in how, how what, bad what is are. this podcast so this i've I've only seen i've not seen it at length because when i've tried to it, it actually eclipses my it, it clears my cringe threshold and i like to think i have a high appetite for cringe but the cringe that this show brings and i mean this as a compliment I'm not trashing it i think it's a good production the cringe is of such volume such quantity that i can't handle it and i have to i can't watch it at length but it is as far as I understand, it is simply a show about relationships and sex, men and women. And uh, and he, it, it's it's this guy who's hosting it and he's having these. Oh, God, what did you do? No, I turned off the on the wrong camera. It's, keep going. All right. Uh, and and they're having conversations about the relationships between men and women. But it's it's this guy sincerely trying to play the Socratic method with a bunch of the ditziest women you've ever seen, or maybe just normal women who are say age 20 to 25. That might be the status of the world these days. Oh, is this uh, that, that podcast that everybody's um, putting on Twitter where that girl says like 400,000 times. That is one of the viral clips. Ah, uh, yep. yes. Okay. And there's something fascinating about watching these women. Like e- even, even that girl who says like a million times, she's trying to articulate frustration with, a relationship lacking definition. It's frustrating that we talk, but we don't define the relationship, even though she's explaining it sort of poorly, but you're seeing women rationalize or trying to think through their instincts while also being politically conditioned to deny those instincts. That's why it's so fascinating. It's yeah. I felt, I actually felt bad for that girl because I was like, she's just some dumb hot girl that has a actual grievance. Yes. Although she's supposed to think that there's nothing wrong with, with hookup culture and the talking stage and no commitment in the relationship. She's supposed right. to think that that's just perfectly fine, but you can tell she doesn't think that's fine. It bothers her very much. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So it's uh, I, I, I haven't seen a ton of the show. <laughs> I've seen enough to know it is a fantastic cringe product. And I mean that sincerely. I mean, that is a high that seems to be the key though, to, to um really high view these days, like just pearly things does that. It's like, Get one rational per- person on, and then uh, a bunch of f- stupid female minorities, and then it just creates internet magic. It seems like that it. is the formula. Oh, it's, we're going to have to change things around here. You're going to have to become a recruiter. You're going to have to. Well, wait. I shouldn't assume that I'm the rational one. You can be the rational one. Well, you can you're, talk to these you're chicks. Clearly, the rational. One <laughs> you could talk to these chicks. I'm not going to steal that guy's bit. They're going to be like. Well, I, we're not stealing it. We would bring something new to the table or blah, blah. We would bring you to the table and you can just absolutely rip these chicks. That would be hilarious. Uh, Jake says, my wife and I are expecting our first child in September. Any advice you can give to some new parents? Thank you both for such a hilarious and informative show and Godspeed. Um, well, the, the, the advice I give first and foremost is very cliche, but it's, it's uh, an understanding that every single moment you have is going to be gone very quickly. They develop very quickly. They grow up so fast, but it, it's just important to be conscious and aware of every single step and every piece of the process, because you really only get that once and you need to enjoy it while it's available. Um, yeah. The other, okay. yeah, the other yeah. one generic piece of advice I would say, uh, at least for my kid who is admittedly, uh, you know, he's he's a mini me. He's me junior. So maybe it's not true for every kid. But routine is key. Try to do the same thing at the same time every day. And that will keep the peace that will keep them happy. 
Oh, I have an, an the opposite philosophy towards parenting. I like to spice it up for Emily and change things around. She uh, does better when there are some surprises thrown into her schedule. Um, my thing with Emily and let's see. Oh, okay. What's helped me the most with parenting? Uh, I from from the first day Emily was born, I like talked to her like she was an adult, and now she is super advanced, like like really, really, really advanced, and she kind of talks like an adult and she's two and a half. So that's my advice. Like don't have like a kid phase with them. I'm not saying like cuss and do all that other stuff. I'm just saying like use adult words for body parts and have normal conversations <laughs> with them. And we do yeah. the opposite of that. Actually, we have nicknames for every single thing, including him. Oh, nick- nicknames are fine. Yeah. I mean, but like, I just mean like, you know, talk to your kid. like, how was your day? What are you up to? What you doing? Keep things and fun. Having be, kids is so fun. Truth be told, my son's not at the talking phase yet anyway. So that conversation, he's got a, a select few words and they're not even correct. Like dog is gog. Gog. You know, so we're not at the conversational stage yet, but maybe soon. Uh, and congratulations, Jake. All the best to yep. you and your family. Let's see. We are, uh, we should get back to the news. So thank you guys for your chats. Um, I'll have I to wasn't just able to back with you. Plug my mouse in. What a disaster. Well, we'll have to strategize as we go maybe we uh we can move on from not financial advice from a chick to tech advice troubleshooting from a chick this will be a great no (laughs) yeah uh anyway um back into the news uh just a few things uh well a few things in congress uh interrelated uh things i mentioned at the top of the show i genuinely find this surprising uh shocking perhaps even Well, the House of Representatives voted unanimously Friday to declassify information regarding the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic. Why? 16 members were not present, but the House voted uh, 419 to zero. After the Senate passed the bill by unanimous consent earlier in the month, the bill would require the director of national intelligence to declassify all information about where the virus came from. Critically, though, the bill allows officials to redact information to protect sources and methods. So what kind of information might we get if the president actually signs this? Don't yet know. The bill now goes to Biden's desk for potential signature or for veto. Biden told reporters he has not yet decided whether he will in fact sign the bill. Corrine Jean-Pierre similarly hedged this week, saying the president is committed to get to the bottom of the origin of COVID, but also wants to protect classified information. So non-committal so far. If you're like me and you wonder why Democrats would not just be on board generally, but unanimously on board, this is the explanation from Congressman Jim Hines, the ranking member on the House Intel Committee. He supports the bill because he thinks transparency will help silence false theories. (laughs) I believe that the intelligence community should make as much public as they can transparency is a critical element of our democracy. The factual grounding of the IC's analysis can be an antidote to the speculation, the rumor, and the theories that grow in the absence of good information. But since when do Democrats silence falsehood with transparent truth? They much prefer to silence through censorship, uh, banishing certain information, whether they do that uh, themselves or whether they do that through cooperation with uh, tech companies and social media. The fact that Everyone in Congress is unanimous in supporting this supposed transparency tells me um, this is going to show us absolutely nothing. But I, of course, uh, being I invite being proven wrong on that. 
Yeah, it's not. I mean, they want they show us what they want us to see. I think we'll uh, learn that lesson if, in fact, the president does sign this bill. And speaking of uh, Democrat uh, preferences for censorship, they had no apparent interest in the censorship of Twitter at times on the government's behalf over the last few years. The new Congressional Committee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government held a hearing on Thursday to discuss the Twitter files with Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger, two journalists Elon Musk worked with for certain batches of those Twitter files releases. And persistently, Democrats on the committee spent more time challenging the character of Taibbi and Schellenberger (laughs) than they did expressing any interest in their jobs to defend your First Amendment right to free speech. Rather than ask questions of substance, Democrats made accusations and often refused to allow Taibbi or Schellenberger to respond, doing the old I demand to reclaim my time bit. Uh, Democrats also framed Taibbi and Schellenberger as working on behalf of Elon Musk. So that's the controversy here. These guys are working for Elon Musk, not the substance of what they were actually able to show, which is a lot of corrupt, borderline, illegal, unconstitutional behavior in the cooperation between right. Twitter and, and certain government officials. Um, before we get to some of that substance, a, a, a chaser of comedic relief, Representative Sylvia Garcia asked Schellenberger about Barry Weiss, who, of course, also worked on the Twitter files. When Schellenberger attempted to explain who Barry Weiss is or what her role is, Garcia asked uh, asked him, uh, asked Schellenberger, if... Uh, if him, Taibbi, and Weiss are in a threesome together, it's like she's from our chat. In your answer, you also said that you were invited by a friend, Barry Weiss. My friend Barry Weiss. So this friend works for Twitter, or what is what is her? Um, she's a journalist. She's a journalist. So you work in concert with her? Um, yeah. So you're in this as a threesome? <laughs> um, there was many more people involved than that. No, Congresswoman. Straight orgy. It's <laughs> way kinkier than that. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah, uh, she she says that without even cracking a smirk, which tells you she's oblivious. The, to, no idea. Yeah. Um, Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who you may oh. have forgotten, but you will assuredly remember as soon as you see her legendary ramen noodle Nickelback hair. Uh, she said that uh, Matt Taibbi was simply spoon fed a story from Elon Musk in violation of his own journalistic principles. And worse still, Matt Taibbi made money off of this work and gained a larger social media following. You crossed that line with the Twitter files. No. Elon Musk, it's my time. Please do not interrupt me. Alaskan Mu- Elon Musk spoon fed Elon Musk spoon fed you his cherry picked information which you must have suspected promotes a slanted viewpoint or at the very least generates another right-wing conspiracy theory. You violated your own standard and you appear to have benefited from it. Before the release of emails in, of the emails in August of last year, you had 661,000 Twitter followers. After the Twitter files, your followers doubled and now it's three times what it was last August. I imagine your Substack readership, which is a subscription, increased significantly because of the work that you did for Elon Musk. Hmm. So how... people want to hear it? Wait, what point are you trying to make? Trying to make <laughs> First of all, how dare you earn money from privileged information? Members of Congress never I do ever, all the time. Yeah, ever do that. But yeah, to, to, your, to your point, regardless of uh, supposed hypocrisy, 
or their actual her actual hypocrisy or at least certain members of congress actual hypocrisy um there's no there's no ethical breach actually present here at least as described doing good work and making money from that good work is unethical in in this reasoning uh you, you revealed information of public interest and so members of the public followed you looking for more information of their interest well yeah what would be the alternative you you should publish information nobody cares about uh like a proper journalist would i guess um though as elon musk pointed out i guess this is an area of expertise for debbie elon musk tweeted we should listen carefully to debbie wasserman schultz she is an expert in ethics violations she was forced to resign as dnc chair after being busted rigging the 2016 nomination against bernie never forget never forget there was also uh representative stacy plaskett who uh, you've never heard of because she's not even a real member of congress <laughs> she's a non-voting delegate from the virgin Islands. she referred to schellenberger and taibi as so-called journalists because uh, she doesn't like what they publish apparently and the best part is this came back to bite her. Her Wikipedia entry was edited to refer to her as a so-called delegate of the U.S. House of Representatives. This isn't just a matter of what data was given to these so-called journalists before us now. There are many legitimate questions <laughs> about where Musk got the financing to buy Twitter. Uh, regrettably, Wikipedia has already fixed that edit for her, though. Oh, come on. But, but yeah, to Democrats... To summarize this hearing to Democrats, the scandal is not that big tech and government were colluding to suppress information and viewpoints. The scandal is that the people who revealed that information are bad guys, apparently. So I haven't listened to every moment of this hearing, but uh, to my knowledge, at no point did these Democrats dispute the authenticity of the Twitter files or the revelations that they presented. They simply shot the messenger and, and shot the messenger over and over and over. Yeah. And speaking once more of Democrats preference for censorship this week the senate majority leader stood on the senate floor and gave a formal speech calling for the censorship of the most popular american cable news host of course on monday tucker carlson with uh, new access to january 6th capitol surveillance footage provided by house speaker kevin mccarthy revealed three major new pieces number one capitol police escorted QAnon shaman around the building at one point as many as nine officers with just him uh, also apparently unlocking doors for him. Number two, Brian yeah. Sicknick was walking around the Capitol looking just fine right after being supposedly murdered with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> yeah. Number three, not fed agitator Ray Epps lied to, uh, to the January 6th committee about his whereabouts that day present at the Capitol at a point in time after he told the committee that he left. Uh, Tucker also offered commentary of course about, um, how most of these uh, people present on January 6th were nonviolent tourists in his characterization. And the next day on Tuesday, Chuck Schumer went on the Senate floor and called on Fox news and boss Rupert Murdoch to stop Tucker from airing any more footage of what Schumer says are false claims about January 6th. Fox news, Rupert Murdoch, tell Carlson not to run a second segment of lies. I urge Fox news to order Carlson to cease propagating the big lie on his network. Conduct like theirs is just asking for another January 6th. Uh, conduct like this is asking for an actual January 6th. <laughs> yeah, really? Uh, I have never, Ooh. I don't know if I've ever seen a public official more deserving of the Big Bird costume than that moment right there. 
I know. Do you understand Jane Fonda now? Um, no, I'm, 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 I'm restrained. I'm civilized. I'm not calling what, for who murder. Who could watch that and not be pro murder? <laughs> no, I'm only pro Big Bird costume. That's all. Oh my god, that guy in his face! Just, just seeing that clip, I was like, I've never been more mad in my <laughs> life. Like my ears got all hot. Well, th- this is a, an event that is at the heart of what we talk about frequently, not only between ourselves and with callers on Wednesday and frequently with chatters, too. Uh, a, a perfect illustration of how the Constitution is quite literally just a piece of paper that when we don't have public officials committed to the oath that they swear to it, and indeed there's no accountability for that oath breaking such that this guy can walk into the Senate chamber and openly advocate the censorship of a, of a political... Uh, a political talk show host because he has no respect for the document that he swore an oath to, let alone respect for <sighs> your rights that he swore an oath to uphold. Um, we want to talk about threats to democracy. Nothing more threatening to our system than politicians openly violating the constitution and experiencing no consequences. So uh, get this man to the Harbor immediately and Neil or Susan, uh, whoever may be listening, of course, I mean for a tour and instructional lecture about the Boston Tea Party and what historical lessons can be learned from it. God help me. I, it's just just the rage. How do you function with this level of rage? <laughs> uh, that What's so disheartening about that clip to me is not just what he's saying, and it's enraging what he's saying, but it, it is disheartening to me to know that we live in a society where he can get away with that, that where there's no accountability for the open violation of the constitution in that way. I know. I, know. I just, yeah, I, it, it no fear makes me sad because it demonstrates conclusively that we do lack a commitment to those values that we're supposed to be organized around. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what more I can say about it. It just, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a harsh reality check. Uh, pieces of paper don't mean anything if we don't defend them. Uh, it's uh, very true and conclusively demonstrated. You see what uh, Whoopi said? Yeah, I saw it. Whoopi, who at least is not a government official, I can defend her that way, although she is similarly hostile to the founding values of this country. But Whoopi said the First Amendment does not protect the right to lie. What Tucker's doing ought to be illegal because the First Amendment does not protect the right to lie. Ironically, using her First Amendment right to lie. To lie. To me, this is this should be against the law. You should not be able yeah. to lay to lie to the American knowingly. What do we do as Americans to to say this is not okay? You'd I think have you to say the First Amendment. Yeah. I think you well, no. Well, but the I First think, Amendment doesn't allow you to willingly lie. That's their yeah. Can I just say one thing? Oh. Do you seriously think that? I, either that or she's a liar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, does she think that the First Amendment, you can have all speech so long as it's the truth? Yes. But there's uh, no arbiter of truth? I guess Whoopi is. Or I assume maybe she thinks the government is. Oh, my God. That's so stupid. Whoopi also so added stupid. that Tucker is doing uh, what he's doing is recruiting domestic terrorists. So on that basis, it should be illegal. That if you say something that inflames the sensibilities of a prospective domestic terrorist, even if it's true in that case, Hey, the government's doing a really bad thing. If it's true, but inflammatory to a possible domestic terrorist, that should be another exception. Now, 
obviously if knowingly lying becomes criminal, the view is, is going to get raided before their next show is over. At least if there's any faithful application of that law, um, Whoopi herself is, is either completely uninformed or is lying. The first amendment does indeed protect your right to lie. Generally speaking with very narrow exceptions for things like fraud, defamation, but just your opinion on matters of public concern. That's the core of the first amendment. Not just as, <laughs> That, that's the entire point of the amendment. Oh what God. determines truth in that arena, these issues of public concern is the competition of ideas, not whoopee declaring ideas illegal and having her enemies arrested. But I don't know. You tell me, do you think that she sincerely believes it or is she? Uh, yeah, probably. She seems pretty sincere to me. She when said she, that unflinchingly. She clearly yeah. believes that. I don't uh, know, man. She's just a, a dumb woman. Who's listening to these people? Like who's watching the view and getting their, their opinions from the view. A lot of people. No, way, no. way more than this show. I'll tell you that much. That can't be true. Uh, people watch it for the lulls. Yeah, maybe there's some of that. Yeah. Uh, no there, there, you, you mentioned that you thought maybe Tucker is controlled opposition. Well, there are allegations about uh, him caving or toning it down maybe as a reaction either by his own choosing or because forces uh, in charge of this sort of thing got to him that maybe the Chuck Schumer's of the world influenced the way some of this video was going to be reported. Anyway, there are some speculating that, that the Schumer's of the world did actually get to Tucker, that Tucker did tone it down because someone told him to Uh, notably Monday night was the only night in which we got new footage. Tucker had interviews with relevant people after that. Investigative reporter Cheryl Atkinson tweeted on Tuesday that a source tells her that Tucker had planned to air more footage on Tuesday night. Let's see. Yeah, it, it, she had, she said Tucker had more. Uh, uh, Tucker had plans to air more footage that night on Tuesday, uh, but the plan changed, and Atkinson infers that there uh, was some sort of battle behind the scenes. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, as we talked a little bit about on Wednesday, none of this footage was earth shattering to me as someone who's paid attention to this. But I think it's still of high value to people that have been propagandized about this for two years now. Um, no, they're, but, they're not listening to this. They don't care. But I, I, I must admit that so far I'm a little underwhelmed. I would agree with the premise that I, I thought we were going to get more footage than we've received so far yeah but it's validating still Hmm. not that i really had any doubt and maybe there's more to come maybe i am not uh trusting the plan enough whatever's going on here what has been shown so far is uh clearly a value i'm not dismissing that and tucker would never bury the lead like this and well yeah i guess if he had things that were of comparable significance he probably would have shown them by now but but uh in any case, massive amounts of people tuned in to see uh, six. Uh, what were the numbers here? Uh, after Monday night's revelations, 4.1 million people tuned in on Tuesday night to watch uh, Tucker's show that featured a, a Capitol police officer present Damn. on January 6th. That is six times CNN's audience, nearly three times MSNBC that evening and about double both of them combined. Oh, man. And that, of course, says nothing about the millions more who saw the footage online. So even if there are concerns that certain phone calls were made or that the footage shown is not necessarily shocking or surprising, 
this many people seeing previously unseen unseen January sixth information, I think, is a good thing. Obviously, not just yeah. for the the breaking of the uh, exaggerated ideological myth that January sixth has become, but just for the truth in general. It, it's uh, the the way they present this. Uh, Tucker Carlson says it was a peaceful event. Well, there's no denialism of certain crimes committed. The whole point is that this was exaggerated into something completely. Uh, non-representative of what actually happened in totality that day, that it's been exaggerated. Yeah, what, what, for, what real crimes? This was minor trespassing, almost no violent crime. The, 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 the one thing, well, it's not the one thing, but the degree to which QAnon shaman has been railroaded in his legal proceeding, I think has been fully exposed as well. There's additional Why are people freaking out about that. Uh, freaking out. How so? Uh, that, that this person is falsely imprisoned for doing nothing. The left is obsessed with false imprisonment and all the convicts oh, are always guilty. And then why like, don't no one they gives care? Because he's an enemy, yeah. but I know. he's not just an enemy. He's the symbol of the event. And that's, I, uh, I'm open to the capital. I, I think the Capitol police did release a statement, but it wasn't super specific about why they treated uh, QAnon shaman in the way they did, which again was an escort around the building, even unlocking some doors at certain points. And they've made the generic excuse of, well, it was a chaotic event. We didn't want to escalate. And that's why we we stood down in many circumstances. That one included. Okay. That's I, not standing down. It's proactive measures were being taken. Yeah. It looked like active assistance. Yeah. And, and uh, I, the way it looks again, this is just, speculation based on what you see in the footage. I invite an explanation. Otherwise I invite being wrong, but it sure looks like people seeing QAnon shaman, crazy Viking man and getting on the radios and saying, that's our guy. He looks absolutely crazy. We want to make him the face of this entire event. Totally. Make sure he, totally he gets where he happened. needs to go. And then he got where he needed to go. But I don't know. Uh, <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, he's due to get out of uh, prison. If, if I'm correct, I was looking this up for my prior video. I talk about this in more detail about how, what exactly happened with that footage in his court case and what I posted yesterday. Um, and that's still not entirely clear exactly who dropped the ball between the prosecution potentially hiding that footage and his defense lawyer yeah. inexplicably yeah. pushing him to a, 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 an agreement to plead guilty before all the footage was even available and with no benefit to his client. His lawyer, if I'm going to make speculation there too, it seems like his lawyer was compromised. Almost like his lawyer was acting on behalf Probably. of the prosecution or something. Yeah. I wouldn't put it beyond. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I have more thoughts on that uh, posted yesterday. If you'd like more complete information on that. But what I was getting at was if you look at his, uh, Jacob Chansley QAnon shamans entry in the federal prisons database or the department of justice database, it says he's scheduled to be released on July 9th, okay. which would be early. But that means in under four months time, he, he could be out and he's done interviews from prison already. That's happened with CBS, but he could be speaking about this fairly freely. I'm sure they're going to slap some sort of gag order on him. He's not going to be able to talk about it. Yeah, I, su I suppose you're right. That might There might be a condition of release that he's not allowed to. I didn't think of that. Okay. Uh, it's time to talk hoax hate if you're ready. Oh, yeah. All right. Familiar themes. <laughs> Now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? 
Vegas. In Gilroy, California, this is south of San Jose, a noose was discovered hanging from a tree in the parking lot of a, of Kaiser Permanente Medical Offices. Kaiser is a West Coast hospital chain and a health insurer. This prompted the company to investigate and local news KRON4 sent their top fanciest fruit straight to the scene. Kaiser officials say this startling, not only to be startling, excuse me, but they also find it really offensive. They say that it's painful and triggering, and they ultimately say they are going to do everything that they can to find out who did it and why. Hospital officials say it is being seen as a hate crime. A hangman's noose is a painful and triggering symbol of the history of violence against African Americans in the United States. Investigations are still underway, but we are not waiting for the conclusion of these reviews to acknowledge the trauma this incident has caused. Okay. So was that a, a masculine woman or a feminine man? I don't know. Inquiring minds want to know, but I do not. Uh, in any case, we don't need a, a investigation to reach conclusions. Maybe you could say that about the gender identity of that reporter too. Uh, yes. Yes, you do. It turns out because stop me. If you've uh, heard this one before, Despite the hospital declaring the incident a hate crime, Gilroy police investigated and concluded the alleged noose is not, in fact, a noose. It was climbing equipment, police say. <laughs> After reviewing surveillance footage, police say the rope was placed without any ill intent. Footage shows the rope was used by an individual to propel himself up into the tree to cut down normally out of reach branches and leaves. The rope was inadvertently left on the tree after being used as a climbing mechanism. Now, police clearly have not considered the very real possibility that this guy was both a tree trimmer and a Klansman and his rope was dual purpose. <laughs> But that is the that is their conclusion. This was not a hate incident. I see. Okay. This one is not a, a hoax at all. It's very real. And I suspect you may have praise for the national heroes involved. In fact, I might even have some change of heart about cyclists. That's how crazy this story is. But <laughs> it's a very real event. Uh, the reaction is clearly disproportionate. So maybe some air quotes hoax elements there but in in fort lauderdale florida the city unveiled a gigantic pride flag mural on a uh, on a street nearly the entire width of this street is covered with a brightly colored rainbow flag complete with the trans triangles on the left side only a month after the installation the flag has now been targeted with repeated skid markings the first <laughs> yeah. I thought this was the first, but this is actually the second in the sequence. Uh, a pickup <laughs> truck on February 28th was caught on surveillance camera. Police are searching for the two men responsible. I was so disgusted, like that people would do people would do this. This video first obtained by Local 10 News shows what police say was an intentional crime. One LGBTQ activist and neighbors fear was fueled by hate towards gay people. It says that people aren't really tolerant. The 18 by 75 feet long pride flag recently installed on Fort Lauderdale Beach's Sebastian Street as a sign of progress. It's now desecrated. <laughs> Fort Lauderdale police say it's happened multiple times. Security cameras recorded this one occasion, what appears to be a newer model black F-250 pickup truck, first driving onto Sebastian. The driver backs up, a man exits the passenger seat. He's seen pulling out a phone to record as the driver leaves his mark. Both suspects face at least one charge for criminal mischief. <laughs> hmm. 
Dude, it's not that people aren't tolerant. It's that everybody's sick of you guys making your entire identity surround just surrounding like putting your dick in another dude's asshole. Like we're just <laughs> tired of hearing about it constantly. And now that this tranny thing has taken off, people are just, uh, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm well, not doing this anymore. As I mentioned, just how insufferable are these LMNOP activists? They're so bad, they're making the cyclists the cool guys in this yeah, story. Really. Even cyclists are like, fuck these people. I know. The cyclists are getting in on the action too. And now there's even more video. The latest incident shows a group vandalizing the mural with their bikes. One guy appears to stop and record the damage he caused to. <laughs> those are not the typical cyclists I discuss with the aerodynamic uh, outfits and the, the road bikes. Those are hooligans. Yeah, they look school age, but uh, you get the point. Actually, the cyclists may have been the originators. That footage, the cyclist footage is from February 26th, two days earlier before the pickup truck. Yeah. The pride flag was fixed on Wednesday, March 1st. Authorities say it cost about a thousand dollars to fix it. So far, no suspects in either incident have been identified. Police are looking for tips. Really? That's great. At least I, I searched before live. Nobody, I find it hard to believe they can't identify the truck based on the license plate. And footage of that homeboy was pretty clear. Yeah. But that's what they're saying. I don't know. I love this. You know, this is, this is the way that everyday Americans can become real heroes. Can you imagine if, 30 million Americans decided to deface some sort of LGBTQ monument or some stupid like <laughs> hey, black history monument or something. Fair it would is be fair. So we awesome. had a lot of statues torn down through mob rule. It's a, these a few, a few small skid things, marks, you know, just just uh, in fact, that's polite retribution. The skid marks. Yeah, I think yeah. this happened here in town. We had a rainbow crosswalk in Bozeman. I think the controversy was some people skid marked it similarly. I don't know whatever happened with that. Uh, but yeah. I do find it funny that this is <laughs> this is the property damage that is suddenly too much to bear after the summer, right, really. the summer of love and the billions of dollars and the deaths and the, the vandalism of the statues, the tearing down of the statues that I mentioned. But this, this is a hate crime. This is the one. And yeah, as a general rule, I, I, you shouldn't uh, deface public property. You should definitely deface this kind you of public You might argue property. that the flag itself is a defacement. Is that the it word is. defacement of public property? But you read the stories and the people are saying exactly what you're saying. Oh, why can't you just let people live their lives? Why do you have to scuff up somebody else's life? No, no. You people have to have this special treatment, this special affirmation everywhere you go. You want special affirmation, you're going to get special ridicule. That's, that's exactly, just the way it yeah. goes. This used to just be an average road where my tax dollars paid for me to get from point A to point B. And now I've got to drive over it. And be reminded that homosexuals are banging each other in the ass all the time. <laughs> well, that's like, key. this is so dumb. No and they're transitioning what, children and all this. I can't, I can't take it any. Like I can't, I can't do this anymore. No matter the state of the world, no matter how large your grocery bill was, no matter what your worries are about uh, the state of the world internationally, any of that stuff. When you are driving home with all the concerns of the world on your mind and on your shoulders, just remember that. Uh, a select few people around you do indeed put dicks in butts. And that is what is important to think about. Yeah. And also are disproportionately pedophiles. Let's be real. <laughs> well, when the pedo flag comes out, can we skid mark that? Is, no, what, no, no, we have to, we have to you celebrate skid that mark the pedo flag and then they throw you in jail where ironically you get ass raped. Ah. So 
That's huh. how it's going to go down. Come full circle. Hey, that would have been a great transition into the movie review, but there's one oh, more thing I wanted to talk about, thing. but I figured I'd one give you credit thing. for tossing it out there. Thank you. Um, I, I thought it would be impossible for me to hate former NFL quarterback turned now cornrow activist Colin Kaepernick. Uh, but he uh, he found a way to achieve it. Kaepernick, of course, is famous for sucking as the 49ers quarterback and getting benched before discovering racial grievances with the national anthem and cashing in on that basis ever since. Now Kaepernick has worked with a University of Chicago professor named Eve L. Ewing to make a graphic novel memoir of his life. In other words, a, a biography in comic book form in which he trashes his own parents as racist and his own parents. I mean, his adoptive parents recall that Kaepernick was adopted. His mom, uh, his biological mom was a white 19 year old. His dad was an absentee black guy whose identity to this day remains unknown. Cap. Did you, did you have an interjection? No, I mean, I, how, how are we just even shocked, supposed to talk about this? just shocked face? Uh, Kaepernick was, uh, Adopted by white parents Rick and Teresa Kaepernick in 1987, the Kaepernicks decided to adopt because they lost two sons to heart defects. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. That's terrible. Yeah. Uh, In describing his new graphic novel in an interview with CBS News, Kaepernick says his parents were, yes, racist because they encouraged him to keep a professional looking haircut and not get cornrows like Allen Iverson who's spreading a message of empowerment in his new graphic novel, Change the Game, written with author and University of Chicago professor Eve L. Ewing. It's his true high school coming-of-age story, his journey embracing his blackness, despite resistance from many, including his white adoptive parents. I know my parents love me, but there were still very problematic things that I went through. I think it was important to show that, no, this can happen in your own home, and how we move forward collectively while addressing the racism that is being perpetuated. He took cues from his icon, basketball star Allen Iverson, who he said wore his blackness like a suit of armor. And teenage Kaepernick wanted cornrows to match. He's getting what roles, his mom asked? Oh, your hair's not professional. Oh, you look like a little thug. Your mom said that to you. Yeah. It also has informed why I have my hair long today. The grown-up? version of Eve wanted to go back in time and give young Colin a lot of hugs. And I was really moved and saddened by the level of kind of self-awareness that he had to develop at a very young age without a lot of guidance. Okay. Yo, okay. So you're a, a white Christian family that wants to do something for your community. Maybe you're a self-hating white person. You you act like adopting a black kid is going to give you some kind of social credit, like people are going to treat you better. No. They're going to treat you like you're more racist for doing that now. Tom that is Kaepernick the reward. Yeah. Would have been better off uh, living with his single mom than, than this family because, you know, I mean, he wouldn't have actually been. According off, to his logic, have, it would seem. According to his logic. Yeah. yeah I, I wouldn't have to hear him fucking talk all the time because he wouldn't have gotten anywhere in his life. We'd all be better off. That, yeah. yeah. And yeah. why isn't he looking at racism like, oh, my white mom, he was only bailed out by white people his whole life. So his white mom. Um, decided that the best thing to do was to give him a more affluent lifestyle with a white family. That was probably a good decision. But he was abandoned and probably abused by his black father. And he's not going to talk about that. He's going to talk about how I don't even know if his dad was, his was ever there. By the sound of it, he's just unknown. I don't know well, if he's ever even met his dad. Then his mom was a, a giant whore, which isn't really his fault. Still, uh, you know, his, he was abandoned by his black father. He doesn't care about him. 
Probably this, doesn't know who he is, though, if he hasn't come out of the woodwork. It, uh, I was reading Wikipedia earlier to be sure. And it said unknown, unknown, unidentified black father. Um, this ridiculous professor saying, oh, I felt so bad for young Colin growing up with with not a lot of guidance or without guidance. No, no. Your whole point here is that there was too much guidance. You're saying yeah. the guidance was uh, heavy handed. You're the ones arguing against guidance. You're saying his parents were wrong and racist to provide guidance. And a parent's job, by the way, is not to enable the whims of the child. Everybody no. can look back and say, oh, my my dumb dad wouldn't let me do this. My dumb mom wouldn't let me do that. Well, that's a parent's job to restrict, curtail some of the child's whims to make sure that the child can effectively navigate the world. That's a parent's number one job. That is what his also, parents are trying to do. To ensure that they have maximum opportunity given their current skill set, which is also what his parents did. And by the way, good job. Uh, what else could he be doing that would have provided the degree of success that he has achieved, or at least previously? What an ungrateful um, fuck. Every parent has told uh, their kid to get a haircut. Hey, don't dress that way. Hey, get a yeah. better haircut. Hey, look sharp. Do, you know, yeah. Be a better version of yourself. Quit and that's the thing. You're too fat, which I was. <laughs> I'm not a fan of trashing the country that made him rich in general, but there is something that's, that's even less palatable about trashing the parents that raised him. I don't have a personal oh, connection yeah. to that, but his, the tremendous opportunity he's experienced is, is a product of this country in general, but it's a specific product of those parents in the way that you described and the disrespect that goes along with that. This is beyond just political disagreement at this point. This is it's gen- cruel. It's piece of shit behavior. Oh yeah. If you can't appreciate your parents for supporting you as his clearly have, they disagreed with him in the past. They disagreed with his political stance, but said, Hey, we support uh, Colin's stance regardless. And we still stand behind him. Even when they didn't like what he was doing with the kneeling, they still stood behind him. And just in case you think maybe Colin, he happened to, misspeak or he he didn't he he said something in a way he didn't mean in that interview just understand in the graphic novel it it visually depicts they took time to illustrate these parents as like enraged irrational villains because he wanted cornrows they took the time to draw this out this is a thought out thing okay this is not- okay unpopular opinion though maybe they're getting what they deserve for trying to do this white savior horseshit <laughs> well they're uh, I, I was curious to see what their reaction would be. Are they going to stand behind this, like a personal maligning of them? As far as I've seen, no commentary from them. No, no response yet. Well, their plan didn't work out. Uh, well, my heart him with goes kindness. out to them for for losing their children. That well, sucks. yeah. Uh, how uh, how bad is it going to have to get before they're like, oh, okay, fuck this guy? <laughs> Once the parents say that, then you know he's finally crossed the line, but he hasn't got to that threshold yet. Well, no, they're polite white people. They're not going to say anything in public. Yeah, well, and Midwestern at that. They're from Wisconsin, so it's over. She's making some weird jello salad as we speak. (laughs) Okay, Uh, we we definitely (sighs) should get to the movie uh, because we are going to run out of time if we don't. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man... We'll finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. 
This week's movie is the 1994 Stephen King adaptation and IMDb user rated best movie ever made, The Shawshank Redemption, in which a wrongfully incarcerated man schemes for decades to escape prison, expose a corrupt warden and take his money for a permanent Mexican vacation from movie picker Jacob. I love the character development of both Red and Andy. Andy is unassuming and quiet, but gets the best of everyone despite his situation. Red is an older man who believes he has great understanding and wisdom. Little does he know when he sees Andy for the first time that he will teach him so many things he thought he had figured out. This has to be one of the greatest movies ever made. As always, your review and your rating. I don't don't think it's the best movie ever made, but it's a fantastic film. I just had a great time watching it. It was the perfect combination of sad, but hopeful without being saccharine. I really appreciated that. I was like, this isn't as gay as I expected it to be. I'm like crying. Is this the first time Um, you saw it or did you see it? Yeah, I'd never seen it before. Yeah. And I loved this theme of, of falling in love with the walls of your prison cell. It's so um, prophetic and important today. Uh, and being dependent and identified and creating your identity within the walls of the prison cell. Like the, the whole thing, what was his name? Brooks? Yeah. Brooks? The old man. Yeah. Just that he didn't know how to live on the outside and read too. It's like they had created this hierarchy, the social hierarchy within the, within the prison. And they knew where they stood and what their jobs were. And they knew what their skills were and everything like that. And then trying to, um, adapt that to the real world it just wasn't feasible and so i love that speech that he that he gave about rehabilitation and i also liked that um you know andy was the only one that was innocent like like red did it he talked about how he did it and everything like that and so it was nice to see that this wasn't really a story about false imprisonment um it was a story about creating your identity around around being imprisoned um and then there's something about everybody getting exactly what they deserved, which I just Hmm. loved. And, and normally in film, when that happens, you're like, they're just trying to jerk off the audience a a little bit too much. And you're just trying to give everybody a happy ending, but it was just so satisfying the the way that it happened. Um, I just loved it. It was just, it was one of the few movies that was worth the two and a half hours or whatever it was. It was just a pleasure to watch from start to finish. I gave it a five five wow i did i loved it do you think i had the audacity to hate this movie i can't i cannot imagine no i didn't i didn't not even for trolling purposes uh i might not be in five territory and i don't think i'm uh, in best movie ever agreement with uh the imdb i agree audience but uh, i i I can't hate this movie and the things i certainly appreciate uh, about it are very similar to what you identified this theme of choosing or even craving a prison uh, the, the, the men in the movie find all of these necessary things in the walls of the prison. They find social belonging, they find um, purpose, they find structure. And it's it's interesting to think about in the philosophical sense or how we all might choose that metaphorical prison for ourselves when we go searching for those things in the wrong places. When we don't go to God and family to find those things first, it's not that there's a problem with structure and social belonging and purpose. It's that you have to build those things on the proper foundation. Those are built on God and family first. When you instead search for them in other social contexts, you you make yourself uh, a subject of whoever has control of that arena. In in this case, the warden. 
and you're you're choosing the confines of a prison that someone else has built for you. It's just a, a, a lot of important themes to think about what sort of prisons we build for ourselves and condition ourselves to accept because they're comfortable or they're familiar. Uh, I, I found a lot of value in the the warden quite literally hiding his crimes behind the scripture. And it's a fictional scriptural reference. It's something like his judgment cometh or whatever, but yeah. his cooked books he stores in a safe behind the scripture on his wall. And in, as I get some more, of the symbolism was a little on the nose. You you might argue that was a little over the top, but we often talk about, or at least one thing I often think about is as my curiosity and interest in faith deepens, is uh the concept that you need God to be a moral person. And that's a concept that I understand more and more as I age and think about these things more often. But there's another side to that 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 the mere citation of God does not make a man moral. And this was an interesting demonstration of that. I don't care how much scripture you reference. I don't care how much you shake a Bible in other people's faces. If you don't demonstrate it, it's not worth a damn. Yeah. Uh, and the warden clearly does not demonstrate it. Similarly, the man actually conspiring the war, the warden is the first to accuse others of a conspiracy. When it all starts falling apart, he discovers Andy has escaped. Well, this is a conspiracy. That's what this is. Everyone's <laughs> in it. No, no, it's a, it's an individual response to your conspiring. But yeah, yeah. You know, again, apply that to, current the current state of the world as you might and uh i i I found it hard to write about this without being cliche um similar themes to what you're talking about but just the nature of hope in general that even as black-pilled or clown-pilled or whatever pilled as you may become and to deny that you have hope for tomorrow is to me that's actually kind of the the naive position because if if we really had no hope in a worthwhile better tomorrow there's no reason that we get up and do every single thing that we do in every day every day you do something in anticipation of it being worthwhile for some day in the future even if that day isn't necessarily tomorrow it's many days in the future and on the other side of an actual sewer pipe in this uh, particular context so it was nice to see something that was uplifting and honest about the nature of hope without being like just too sappy about it i suppose maybe Maybe the closing letter was a little sappy. I don't know, but I, I liked it. I, I thought it was uh, a good illustration of that concept. As far as what I didn't necessarily like, I don't think this was horrible pacing, but I do think that the the latter half of the movie is a lot better than the first half. The first half is... Oh my is, gosh, no. It was really? so good. It yes. was a butt rape documentary in the first half. It was too yeah, much. Yeah, but... But you have to uh, get a feeling for how mundane his life was because it's such a surprise when you discover that he he um, weaponized that to escape. It does tie up very nicely. And I will certainly grant that the conclusion, the payoff is well worth the wait. But I thought how maybe- did you get the poster back on the wall? That was my real. Oh, point. I didn't even think of that. Yes, yeah, someone had to. Help. I didn't even notice that, which now I feel stupid because I did make one nitpicky point about his escape which i'll get to, well actually two um th- did they steal the bit from the great escape the whole pants bit the, the, I, I put i take the dirt i put it in my pants i maybe release yeah, it maybe. out in the prison yard discreetly maybe that's just a, supposed to be like a nod to the great escape but it was the exact same plot point i thought come on is stephen king are you the one who did that or did the movie producers insert oh, i that? forgot this is stephen king uh and i also thought the sewage pipe breakthrough I know I'm going to be the guy who sits here and says, actually, there's no way he could have done it that way. I, I know it's it's dramatized fiction. So I'm acknowledging Don't my own be that guy. nitpickiness here, but just entertain the concept for a minute. 
he he broke a body sized hole through what is a presumably metal pipe that looks about two inches thick in the movie with like five minutes worth of hitting it with a chunk of concrete. He probably had to hit it for like an hour. Maybe they just maybe that's and what he they knew meant. about geology and it was pipes from the 20s or earlier. Well, maybe maybe it was very, very corroded. But his chunk of concrete that scene was, was like so good, though, it's like where this he's big. waiting for the the lightning. To, well, then how to long? It. It's like if it's an hour long thunder. It was it an hour long thunderstorm that he needed. Who knows? I don't know. Anyway, uh, the you thing are I a noticed, thief of joy. Well, of joy. I said, you know, maybe I'm missing the point here because it is on brand with the movie. He he escaped the abuse of his poop shoot through an actual poop shoot. So, oh, yeah, it's a very oh. poetic closer on the nose. Like I said, so overall, I gave it a, a four. I could maybe be ta- uh, talked upward, but it's a solid four for me. glorious revenge to end and a thoughtful and satisfying viewing highly recommended for anyone who has not seen it yet uh the audience reaction the early audience reaction everyone loves this movie overwhelmingly five wiki response and fours behind that there's only one i don't like stephen king so i don't like stephen king the guy at all well, I don't I don't like a lot of his films. What what did he make? Carrie and You know who, speaking of like Stephen movie. King and the same people, the guy who directed Green Mile oh, also directed sucked. this one. Oh yeah. Okay. So there's only one bastard out there who hated this movie and had the audacity to vote one so far. Next week, another movie I know nothing about, The Count of Monte Cristo. I did watch the trailer and it looks like something about pirates and treasure and revenge. Wait. So uh, have you seen that one? I have not. All right. It's new for both of us. Uh, a- after that, it's the last week to vote on March's movie nominations from listener Jacob. The list will be reset for April next week. The remaining nominees are Ex Machina, Memento, oh. Rush Hour, Major Pain, The Majestic, or of course you can reject the list and vote in favor of a randomly selected top rated movie instead. Uh, Stephen it- King made Stand By Me and um, Misery. Those are both great movies. Maybe I'm wrong about him. Let me look up hmm. his. As a, as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, or sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month, the one and only place to do it is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. And one last piece of housekeeping about signing up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. Uh, we did go through and clean up some of the data recently. And some people I think are unclear and I do get emails about this from time to time. Once you've signed up for the uh, opportunity to be the movie nominator for the month for the chance to be selected, you are signed up in perpetuity. You don't need to sign up each and every month. In fact, you shouldn't because we we disqualify multiple entries. Now, we try to make a good faith judgment about whether someone is mistaken uh, or whether they're genuinely spamming. But we, once we clean up the data, we're we're we've done away with multiple entries and we looked at that previously as well, but I just want to clarify confusion in the audience. You do not need to sign up multiple times. You sign up once and you are eligible for as long as the bit continues or as long as you want to be eligible. You sign up once and then we immediately put all of your information on the dark web. Correct. I sell it to the highest bidder. Sometimes the Chinese, sometimes weird put people that want to hack into your computer, whatever. We don't care. 
All right. Uh, that'll do it. We will uh, catch up with our chatters before we call it a night. Uh, the live chat saying Stephen King doesn't make any movies. That's not true. Well, he, he writes books and then he produces some of the movies that are based on his books, right? I don't think he, d- I, I think technically what they're saying is he's not involved in the production of the movies. And I think that's correct. He does his, his stories are made into movies, but I so don't think he works on the So this was an adaptation. He's, he has producers credits in some of these. Does he? I don't, I guess maybe I'm wrong, but he did it, not I, in the shining. I know he hated the shining, the movie. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Derek. That's how we knew that one. Um, but I'm pretty sure he did in Carrie. And I think he might have in this movie. I don't know. Am I wrong? Yeah, you might have to correct time. me on that. But uh, let me catch up with uh, some chatters over on Rumble quickly. Nikki941 mm-hmm. says, writing in to pay the gay away for that time when Matt and I once made love. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, wrong stream. No, no, this is the correct stream. Uh, thank you for supporting the show. We love you. You're very special. JDL 492 says, what, uh, will things boil over between Tucker and the top brass at Fox as in the Murdoch's and Paul Ryan? Maybe they have. That's what people are speculating about that. It, did they just say no more showing this footage or at least no more until we, uh, have a little more of a, a say in what is and is not shown, uh, shown or how it's characterized. Cribbles says one Canadian dollar by 72 American cents. So almost a dollar 40 Canadian to buy a U.S. dollar. This must be clarification of his prior chat that we were unclear about. Our, my apology for our confusion, Cribbles, and thank you for supporting the show. Uh, Matt and I once made love at Shawshank Prison. So I guess just a, just a reference to uh, to the movie we loved so much. Thank you. Oh! ready i'm ready to uh check in with who was the last one hillbilly deluxe is the next one right uh the last one i had was jake about uh his uh his forthcoming child but i need to refresh hillbilly deluxe there have already been calls for a bailout of su bank haven't we had enough bailouts for these two big to fail jackasses let them sink but we can't let kelly suffer from poor decisions i know i couldn't agree more it's not a bailout at all it's just the fed and the fdic giving money to the bank that appeared from a magic place that the taxpayer is not responsible to cover. It's not a bailout other than that. Yep. Um, Danny from Montana got into a debate with a female to male tranny. Apparently it's fine for some gender pretender to ingest, inject testosterone in their ass because they feel like a man. But when I do it, it's all of a sudden a big deal. Anyway, I stole all of her (laughs) testosterone. Good luck being a man now. (laughs) Wow. Boss move. American. Uh, Um, (laughs) Congratulations to your T levels. And uh, Hey, I guess one, one fewer insane person, maybe. Yeah, it does. It does permanently shrink your balls, though. If you take t- testosterone supplements. Well, I there, thought they were steroids. Yes, but when you, it's it's like birth control. How that might permanently alter hormonal hmm. function. When you inject testosterone, your body gets used to not producing the same amount of ah, testosterone. Interesting. Uh, so there's some evidence that it goes back to normal, but there are some studies that say it, the effects may be permanent. So be careful. Zach Log the Great. Charlie, the Chocolate Factory is just the movie seven for little kids. For more wisdom, check out Zach Log on YouTube or Odyssey. Love the show, guys. Matt and I never made love, but he won't stop asking. Th- that's not really? true. I don't solicit references like that. I'm Ew. a very humble man. But thank you for uh, thank you for supporting the show. And of course, good luck with your channel. That's and Zach the Stephen Log King the Great. Thing. He, um, apparently from the live chat, he 
takes a producer's credit uh, in exchange for a reduction to buy the script. So he doesn't actually do anything. Ah, it's just a deal. It's just a, it's just a deal. Yeah. It's just a nice gesture for him when the credits roll. I feel pretty dumb now. It's okay. Ramiam says super sticker. Yep. I don't know which one you're talking about, but well, he posted one. He, if you go and use mine literally says super because when we designed the system, we didn't have a way to import these fancy super (laughs) stickers. So I told Ah. the guy just write super sticker. So we know it was a super sticker. Oh yeah. I kind of like that. That's smart. Um, Tortuga. I'm celebrating my third Twitter suspension this time for saying, I wish the Whitmer plot had been successful. (laughs) Metal rules. I have a movie for you guys uh, to watch called Toxic Avenger. I must say it's an Oscar worthy flick. All right. Well, uh, as I mentioned, you can sign up to become the movie nominator or uh, every once in a while, like in in April coming up here, we have another fifth Sunday. So we'll have to figure out what to do with that extra Sunday. And maybe we invent something creative to to do with that. and thank you, Tortuguita, too. Thank you, Metal, Metal Rules. Tortuguita. Tortuga, I'm sorry. Thank you, Tortuga, I meant to say, not to be confused with Tortuguita. Tortuguita is his own Little guy. Turtle. Or his own they, them, his own zur, their own zur, whatever he is. Non-binary. This sentence is a disaster. Disaster. Yeah. Start to finish. AP, my wife and I have to have had to put our golden retriever down. Hmm. This last Friday, didn't really expect it, sadly. Really was a part of the family. Glad I get to watch my favorite duo to make me feel better. Man, that's the worst. When you have like a good family dog and they die. The key to preventing this in the future is to only have dogs that you hate. <laughs> then everyone should never have be a Caesar. sad. Yeah. Caesar's dead. What? Uh, and then I just oh, yeah. That was a story we got on Wednesday, right? Uh, or yeah. was that last Sunday? I don't remember. But uh, the end of it is that Caesar's dead. So <laughs> all the wrong. best to you and your family, AP. I'm Bummer, sorry to I'm hear sorry, it. Man. Um, you know, both my dog and my parents' dog are getting older and, and uh, signs of aging are afoot. And that makes me sad for what is to come. But how old just, is Bash? He's almost 10. He'll be 10 in June. My brother's French bulldog, Maynard, is like eight. And he just, when you walk into a room now, he'll just start barking. Hmm. And he's like peeing on everything. The athleticism also. has certainly declined. Not that he ever had excellent endurance but he just has no he's not unwell but he he doesn't have the appetite for high exertion that he once did so that's okay though you just enjoy the time that you have you enjoy yeah. each day and i trust you did with your dog ap so all the best to are you family. gonna get another dog when bash is um i'm sure we probably will someday i the the interaction between my son and the dog is is great and i want to have that as part of my children's upbringing is to have dogs so i'm, I'm no sure we French probably will dogs though right uh, i mean I, lo- I love that dog but i don't oh. maybe if we had more land i would love to have a big dog little dog combo like i'd love to have a frenchie plus a newfie or a saint bernard or something like that i think that'd be newfoundland they're great yeah uh boogeyman 917 says i doubt it um Thank slosher you. people were surprised this week to find out hanoi jane isn't a good person. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah, I don't know that I had delusions otherwise, but uh but anyone. But I, I I was surprised. This is network TV, over the air TV, and she's talking about murdering people who disagree with her. That is Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even if it's just a joke, that's pretty edgy for daytime TV, man. I like it. Yeah. Marjane. She was back in the day, like a nine, like a solid nine. 
I, uh, Real smoke show. I was skimming through her Wikipedia page to learn what I could learn. And uh, yeah, I, I, I would agree that she was an attractive lady. The, the, the style of the time, like everything was so, well, you know what I mean? Like 50s, 60s, women were just much more done up. You know, everything was much more. What's the term I'm looking for? Like better. Maybe <laughs> it was high effort, man, like high effort, oh, yeah. personal maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. Women would like stay in one night a week just to do their hair. Yeah. It looks like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then like I wake up and roll out of bed and then go get coffee in my pajamas and stuff. <laughs> it's really bad. Uh, Daniel Yeager, does anyone remember a show on MTV or Adult Swim called Celebrity Deathmatch? Yeah. <laughs> Can we reboot the reboot? Why did I say like that? The show for the gay war, Jane Fonda v. Blonde could be an episode. I already know what I would do. I would take her cane and then I'd beat her in the face with it until she died. Does she actually use a cane or are you just she, I met her. She uses a cane. Oh, that's right. I forgot. That was part of the story. So, all right. This is well thought out. It is. Robin D. Banks. First, it was Kyle given an anti-friendo, the spicy bicep. <laughs> and now we got Tortuguita getting a spicy chest from the five O's. Ugh, Officer Murphy, how could you? You gave me this spicy titty too soon. It's never too soon. <laughs> Fuck around and we find don't. out. Uh, it sounds like Tortuguita got the spicy everything. If I read correctly, he he took like a dozen rounds. I think he got shot everywhere by That's multiple awesome. police. Like Scarface style. I mean, yeah. like this. Where you actually kind of have the dance moves from getting shot so much. Yeah. yeah. No, that must be it. He did one of yeah, those. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he was covering his face while he got shot in the face. Not my beautiful face. Bill says, until the American... He was Mexican, I think he was Hispanic of some kind. Okay, good. Because I've know. been doing that accent a lot. And I mean, his name was Tortuguita, and he had a Hispanic-sounding name. I forget his, what his real name was. But but he named himself Tortuguita because he was a homosexual, like a brownish homosexual. And he's like, I'm like you. No, no, he was, tr- he was trans or gender non-binary. That's not, that's not the same thing. So I'm saying. I don't think he was gay. He was just... He was one of those... Uh, well, this, this is an important question. If you're non-binary, you're not male or female. Does it really matter? You can't ma- be gay or straight. Or straight. Yeah. You're just, who knows? I don't know what you are at that point. Yeah. Even saying that you're like a lesbian or something, you do have to first confirm your gender identity. So we're, Yeah, it's sexu- relative to they're, that. Yeah. They're, they're admitting that their sexuality is only it only exists in relation to their gender identity. Yeah. There's no, there's no term for a, a sexual orientation that is non-binary to anything else. There's no sexual orientation relative to non-binary, but they're always saying that it doesn't matter. I don't know. Don't ask me to explain it. I just know you're not straight or gay. You're something else. Whatever. Phil, until the American right is comfortable taking and using power to reward friends and punish enemies, we aren't getting out of these messes. El Salvador didn't drop their crime rates with a live and let live attitude. Neither will we. I hear I, you, bro. I, I have to look at what El Salvador did because this is the second time I've heard it referenced. Did they? Uh, it sounds like they went a little fashy with some of their criminal problem. Yeah. Uh, and then didn't they make like Bitcoin their national currency? I know they I don't know if it's national. I know that the government bought a bunch of it. I know that happened within the last few years. I know things. Hmm. I run a show where I talk about the news and I don't know anything. Uh, I am not your go-to source for El Salvador (laughs) news. I never claimed that. We should know this. Uh, It's amazing to see the mass slip off Dems when it comes to gun confiscation 
after the Bruin decision, uh, Washington Dems passed unconstitutional treasonous legislation in the dead of night last week. When do we use the 2A to keep the 2A? Sounds like a scad question. (laughs) First of all, thank you for supporting the show. Um, as a matter of, be niggardly. as a matter of pure morality and philosophy, I, I think that not only in this context, but routinely in the context of the federal government, our rights are violated on a daily basis. Yeah. I don't think that there's any moral problem. I would say the moral problem is acting with aggression. If we were serious about leaving these people, I think you do it in the same way as was done at our founding, which is a, a, a fair articulation of our grievances an explanation mm-hmm. as to why that violates certain moral principles and a declaration that we're not going to be associated with you anymore uh, for reasons X, Y, and Z. And if you have a problem with that, uh, come find out what happens if you try to enforce. That Look around problem. and find out. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have any moral problem with that at all. In fact, I think as the declaration states, that's a moral imperative. That's a morally good thing. When you are having your rights ignored, routinely violated, you ought to stand up for them. You ought to install a government that fulfills the purpose of defending them and securing them. So if you're asking me my sincere opinion, just generally, philosophically, morally speaking, we're beyond that point. If you're asking as a practical matter, is that going to happen? Uh, I'm, unfortunately, it's going to get a lot worse before any of this gets, yeah. gets better at all. It, 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 that, the better side of it is going to come someday because this level of power concentration will fall apart eventually. But do we live to see the better side? I, I don't know about that. This could be not good for a lifetime more still, maybe longer. Yeah. Yep. Um, Epic Bon Bonkers says Matt and I once made love. I blew out his focal point, which resulted in 13 catastrophes, which led to blonde and I making hate. We propped up a feeble, feeble man robot to shout racist slurs, but it did. I don't get the second part. Was it because of what I said about Fetterman? Oh, I thought it was about Biden. I don't want to hear any more of these lies. Maybe it must. Fetterman must've been the man robot. You're right. Ah, okay. Uh, thank you, Bonkers. Uh, Son of the Wolf. I had shingles at 25. It was terrible. That is disgusting. See, that's not an old man's disease or old person's. You when you think shingles, news. you don't think like young person. When I think 25, I think either shingles or unexplainable cardiac arrest. Those Me are very, too, yeah. very common occurrences. Yeah. Like, you know, young men can also get impotence, but it's generally an old person. In fact, have we considered shingles as a possible cause for what happened to DeMar Hamlin? It hasn't been explained. Him. It might have been shingles. He w- he'll be like, I can't talk about my shingles. Early That's onset shingles. <laughs> Irish Nat. Anyone else getting hit? Larry and parallels for Kaepernick. Uh, he's already got a scapegoat race picked out. Maybe we should have let one uh, been an artist. Maybe he. <laughs> maybe we should have let one be an artist and the other play as quarterback. Luckily for everyone, Kaepernick sucks at public speaking. Though uh, I don't know. Hitler was like way more charismatic and smarter and better looking. I guess I'm not totally clear on the premise here that Kaepernick is acting Hitlerian. His no, scapegoat I mean, race picked out as in he's anti-white is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know but that he's, uh, he's, he's quite as awesome. He's, he's not as strategically skilled. Uh, not that I'm a, not that I'm a big fan, but, uh, I, I can, I can understand the strategy that was deployed by this yeah. particular individual. And Kaepernick does not have that strategic prowess. No, indeed. Although he, he has a lot of money. So who's the idiot? I, I, maybe I should get in on the, uh, the anti-white grift and just cash in and, and join Kaepernick and never do another stream in my life. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Max says Frank's guest 
this Thursday discussing physiognomy in case you want to tune in. I oh, am really man. interested. People I should tune think, in for that one. People confuse physiognomy and phrenology, which I always really do, makes yeah. me mad. Explain, like, phrenology me, explain the difference a, once more. Phrenology is a defunct uh, scientific method of finding out people's negative personality traits and positive personality traits through their brain structure. Like there's this famous phrenology oh. graph and it's like this part is emotion and this part it's it's totally inaccurate um now that we know things about the brain so phrenology totally defunct uh physiognomy on the other hand uh based I've, I've said it before black pigeon speaks made this video about it this ai this chinese ai can tell if somebody's a criminal with 90 percent accuracy just based on uh an algorithm that puts criminals fa facial features in it and so, when you like, say they're a criminal, like they, it can identify convicted criminals without any knowledge of who they are. It's predictive. Okay. So it, it has used a database of existing felons of violent crime as a predictive model. Okay. And then people, uh, they put, they put people's faces through and they're like, you have X chance of being a violent criminal. And it's, and it's proved to be. Physiognomy means criminal head shape. I've committed that to memory now. But it's not just—it's uh, not just head shape. It's like the way your features go together. Like, do you ever look at somebody and you're like, "You're a psychopath." Like Brian <laughs> Koberger, that guy that murdered those four people in yeah, Idaho. He's got the Ilhan Omar picture. ears that are down too low. Yes, like like <laughs> low set ears, eyes yeah. that are too close together, eyes that are too far apart. You've got a furrowed hey brow. You've got don't don't knock those wide eyed bitches. There are just some facial features where you look at someone and you're like, ew, like one wonky eye. <laughs> Not that. Uh, well, uh, I, I I'm interested in seeing the evidence on this. I'm also somewhat skeptical of the Chinese. Has it been replicated by anybody else or is it their own secret AI? No, I mean, they've they've talked about it. I don't think anybody else in the world has the giant swinging nuts that the Chinese has to do this study in the first place. <laughs> What are Americans right. going to find out when we do a bunch of algorithm studies with phrenology? The result can't be good. I mean, I'm sure it's probably one of those forbidden forms of science. And I, I, I don't I'm sure we're not behind on our uh, AI development. We just use it for exactly the opposite reason. We develop AI to censor people who say uh, racist things. See, Chinese forward thinking people. I'm uh, ready for you. Oh, overlords. Mortimer Duke, the cheese atop the 16th largest bank didn't foresee near-term rate hikes on the heels of Brandon's inflationary mania that even my cat knew were coming. Just think about that. Um, I don't know how anybody is surprised by this, right? How is anybody surprised? By this? Or maybe he, maybe he did see this and just decided it, I don't know, it wasn't worth cleaning up, but yeah. I, if the premise is that the, the people who, are running these companies are idiots, just like the people who are running this country. Yeah. I mean, in general, lots of stuff is run by lots of idiot people. And that's exactly the reason why we have to avoid the concentration of power into a select few idiots. But instead we're going to greatly increase the power of Janet Yellen and company and the rest of these forces in DC that uh, will make the problem worse with every step that they take. Ogenmatic. Um, SVB achieved their stated corporate goal of carbon neutrality well ahead of the 2025 target. Yes. That's true. They are uh, carbon they neutral. They are carbon neutral. <laughs> true. Robin D. Banks. After trying all afternoon to make AI bids, calling out the left and not being able to because of terms of service, how bad am I supposed to feel about these Silicon Valley stooges going broke? Good. Yeah, I don't care about this. I don't, I don't care. Uh, 
doesn't affect me yet. Oh, it does, because you're not paying for it with not inflation that's coming that's uh, as a result yeah. of these moves and others. Logan Orr, I clearly can't read this. Like, when you veil things too thinly, I can't read it. I can't talk about gas chambers or literally anything else you said. Come on, bud. Evan oh, Hitler, M. baby. Thank you, <laughs> Evan M. One bank is basically going to deplete the FDIC's entire reserve fund, and it won't cost the taxpayers anything. Seem, seems legit. Uh, yeah, I know. If it doesn't happen ever again, everything will be totally fine. Behane FM, hearing y'all talk economics is pretty cringe. Stick to politics, not insider trading. Big banks are safe because they have very different portfolios. You guys are way off on a bunch of this stuff. Um, no, they, they didn't do any insider trading. We, and we talked about the different portfolios at bigger banks. That's exactly what my friend talked about. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, not that we have all the answers on everything, but the points that you're articulating, we specifically referenced. Thank you for supporting the show. Appreciate it. You douche. I long on John. <laughs> Come on. Mr. Schumer sends his condolences to the Carlson family for the loss of Tucker and wishes them well in this sad time. Oh, shit. This says release statement on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some sound, this is Ed Poe, some sound investment in these uncertain times. Christ, knowledge, health, seeds, ammo, community tools, books, alcohol, and of course, dog shit. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a big uh, salesman. Again, not a financial advisor, but uh, other than to advise that you purchase a heaping pile of dog shit because it's much more worthwhile than hanging on to your dollars. Nicholas H. Blonde, when your mom was talking about the Weimar Republic, she wasn't saying the word guys. <laughs> Jeez. Careful. That got too close fine kite 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 okay. i can say kite come on robin d banks gotta go to work we'll watch the rest later anyway i met a nice jewish boy this past week he ch- <laughs> can i read this he tried to give me his number i told him we use names now <laughs> <laughs> oh man well i have to disagree with that thank oh, you injured guardian matt keeps talking about rumble i'm just over here thinking what about laser beak I don't even know the reference. I don't even know what that is. Uh, I don't I, know, man. Yeah, I have to. It, it, this is some sort of Transformers thing. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Transformers is not my wheelhouse, clearly. Did you Google it? Mm-hmm. I did. Well, it's a why Transformers. Why did I say that thing. like a drunk person? Did you Google what? <laughs> I know. It was very uh, Pelosi in accent. I know. Yeah. What am I, Fetterman now? Did I have a stroke earlier? Max. Friendly reminder to all firearm owners, shoot often so you can rely on muscle memory when it matters. Also, safety is the number one priority. That's good advice. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, you're, the less things you have to remember actively in some sort of urgent situation, the better. And certainly yeah. muscle memory is a, a huge part of that. So, sound advice. Um, Citizen 7, SVB at $176 billion in deposits. Now the FDIC is going to cover those deposits. This is going to cost us a lot more than the hundreds of millions shaking my head. No, I was talking about the hundreds of millions uh, alone in what was it like uh, loans from banks, from other banks, interbank loans with SVB? Those alone are going to be hundreds of millions of dollars. This is clearly going to be a multi-billion dollar thing. Uh, yeah, especially if uh, they're, the amount of their uninsured deposits are as high as uh, you were saying they are. Um, we're, we're dealing with uh, over a hundred, well over a hundred billion dollars, even if it's something... Yeah, not, but what know, was it? What was it that they to, were going to ensure that sounded that totally ridiculous? Um, 
it was going to be loans from another bank that are involved with SVB. Yeah, they That's said they, they had kind of a ambiguous language about lending or help for banks that had agreements with relationships with Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah, I was that, saying that alone is going to be hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars. Yeah, uh, it, some it rando quite possibly could be much more, much more. Yeah. Um, some random blonde. I plan on retiring in 33 years. I've been putting $50 a week for 10 years into a managed 540, 557. And I max out a 5% employer match 401A. I don't know what the hell these things are. Okay. Uh, Different uh, retirement accounts. Oh, I can't use my mouse. Can you look up what a uh, This isn't financial is? advice, but how much of my portfolio should be invested in ammunition in this economic environment? That's a skag question. I don't uh, know. Well, I would say at least a round for every dollar. That's a pretty good rule. I like it. Bill Wasserman, Schultz, and Chuck Schumer look and behave the exact same way that certain mid-century propaganda strikes. (laughs) The only people they should blame is themselves. Is themselves, yeah. If only they were aware of self-reflection. Okay, that was fine. I I think they probably are uh, self-aware. I think... I, I I have a hard time believing anything about what Schumer said or what Wasserman Schultz was saying is uh, accidental and, and not a product of some uh, designed intent. How do I get out of this? Fractal Insights. What we really need is the answer to how Elon created a private company that competes with NASA using the equivalent of three days of the budget NASA gets. Also, Tesla and the Boring Company. Uh I don't know. I mean, NASA's probably money laundering. I don't even think NASA's real. I don't know. Uh, well, NASA is it's uh NASA was created to facilitate the moon landing hoax, was it not? I'm almost there. <laughs> uh really what, what's the best one? Like the moon itself is not even real. The moon was created. I have heard that. Yeah, the moon itself is fake. So of course My the moon thing landing about is fake. That is that I can go outside and see it. Well, yeah, but that's what they want you to think that they've projected it into the sky. No, yeah, I, mm, yeah. it's a it's a product of the Chinese communists. But I think I'm coming around on dinosaurs. Ah, that dinosaurs are also fake. Well, you know, they've never actually completed an entire dinosaur skeleton. Most of it is just them projecting what a dinosaur's bones probably looked like based on a partial skeleton or even a single bone. But you got to so know that arrangement is pretty compelling. Like, do you think that what the dinosaur's foot was hanging off of its chin? No, no. I mean, some of it's logical, but like when you look at the brontosaurus, how do you know that it wasn't just a tiny, tiny dinosaur? How do you know that neck wasn't a giant dick? Think about it. And the pterodactyl. I don't know, man. And definitely all of these colors and everything like that. I'm like, okay, we know for sure that's bullshit, right? Don't, uh, don't, don't mess with my concept of dinosaurs. It'll undo my entire childhood and the plan through which I intend to raise my son. Dinosaurs, dinosaurs are very important. Almost probably 50% of the onesies he has have dinosaurs on them. So it's very important to my parental worldview that dinosaurs remain intact. Just let me have the dinosaur thing. Among all the I just like bullshit. this one. I'm entertaining. Yeah. I like it. No, of I, course, like it. I, I get what you're saying. It's fun to think about things that are uh, given and just just entertain the idea that they're total bullshit, that someone made it up for some hard to yeah. discern reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we know the woolly mammoth was real because um, they found them fully encapsulated in like oil or something. 
I don't know. I'm not a great uh, woolly mammoth historian. Couldn't tell you. Okay. Um, Bill Biz. Blonde, did you see that Pearl interviewed Nick Fuentes in London? She's not that politically astute, but certainly gutsy Irish nationalist Keith Woods traveled there to interview him and got put on a watch list as a result. No, that's fantastic. I would love to interview Nick. Um, I've actually been putting my feelers out there for it. And I like Pearl. I mean, she's 26. So I understand that she hasn't reached a certain level of racial awareness that I hadn't at that age. And so I give her a lot of leniency because she's so right on the gender stuff. I have heard her say a lot of stupid stuff about marriage, um, which I'd like to talk to her about, but I, I think she's brave and she's intellectually curious. And in this day and age, that's, those are really important qualities. Cam girl, Asuna, in the past politicians violating the oath got tarred and feathered, which was an implied threat of much worse. Now they have private security and questioning them or their policy is terrorism. We should go to the old way here, here. Uh, pendulums do swing. That's one thing I'll say. Because I, I, I agree with the pendulum has gone way far in the wrong direction. Pendulums do swing. And uh, I say that with the goal of um, peace and harmony, not the goal of violence. I don't want to see violent conflicts. But when you do the sort of things that uh, the chatter is talking about, when you openly advocate the violation of the rights of the people and fear no consequences... Yeah, it's a problem. That That is a problem that does get corrected. I would hope that we could correct it with cool heads and uh, peaceful realization that that is a mistaken thing to do. But uh, the powers that be don't seem intent on that. They don't. Knuckle Hungy Buck, what's next? Are they going to paint a pride mural in a toilet and then be shocked and disgusted when it gets to <laughs> uh, Yeah, there's a certain level of um, markings that go along with a public street. Although Phil, I guess the is, proper analogy would be if they did that and you took the entire grocery store's worth of laxatives and then went to that toilet and had at it. They like it, but then you're suffering, you know, for the well, uh, you're reducing your tire life by burning out on, on the, uh, on the pride flag. So you're, you're taking on personal expense to compensate for all that lost rubber. I mean, have you ever had norovirus? Like, I I would no. rather wear down my tires than get norovirus. I guess if you had to choose, you you would pick slightly worn tires. In fact, unnoticeably worn tires <sighs> to yeah. being that ill. This is the last one I can read because I can't reload my page because my mouse died. Ah. Sorry. Uh, Phil, Kaepernick is just the latest example as to why whites need to quit babysitting non-whites. Non-whites in our societies add nothing but problems. <laughs> Asians are contributing something, surely. Wasting resources on outgroups is just cuckoldry on a How dare scale. you smear Tortuguita in this way? I know, right? Thank you, Phil. Um, real quick before I come back to YouTube and Tippy Stream, over on uh, Rumble, Laser47 says, did I miss the coverage of the Moose Antler murder? You're right, I did see that story. And, awesome, uh, what an awesome I, guy. I probably should have included it if people didn't see it. something about a man killing an older child pedophile. molester is pedophile convicted yeah older guy who uh somehow they ended up in a conflict and, and there was a physical beating that resulted and he finished the old man as in killed him with a moose, moose antler this is somewhere in minnesota the guy uh, molested his daughter oh is that how the the fight mm -hmm. happened uh so yes uh, important story of the week i probably should have included that but uh lost in all the other things going on thank you laser uh, Holden Mulray says, hi, truth seekers. If we had a venerated symbol, why would we paint it on the ground unless we wanted to entrap uh, desecrators? Just thinking, well, I'm sure there's 
probably a lot That's of that true. too. Yeah. Like, how dare you walk on this? How dare you drive on this? A certain amount of dirt that's going to be inherent to the placement of that particular. Man, our super display. chats have been extra base. John McGee, uh, did you notice when they opened the Bible where he hid the pickaxe? Uh, and it was open to the book of Exodus. I did not notice that particular I didn't notice reference. That, yeah. I did notice that he had carved out the Bible to store the little rock, whatever the name for the rock hammer, rock chipper thing that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, give Shawshank Redemption a solid four because Andy Dufresne avoided a solid seven. Seven inches, that is, he says. Uh, well, he eventually avoided it. I'm not sure he avoided it entirely. Yeah. Uh, Esoteric Unbound says, I'm disappointed in uh, your lack of empathy. Skid marks have long been a source of trauma for the G's as well as some of the B's and the T's. <laughs> After all, those who sow the chocolate reap the moose. I, that, that is, you're That's right. Totally true. There have been a lot of, of skid mark incidents that they've had to endure. I'm sure I, I don't dispute that. And I take your point. Holden Mulray says lucid observation regarding not living out in the world. It's a bit long to cite here, but check out uh, Matthew seven twenty one through 23. When you have a minute, cheers and God bless. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. And perhaps uh, we will get to the gospel of Matthew at some point in the Bible study in the future as well. Uh, I have a biblical name. I ought to know. The biblical origin, I suppose. I Whatever. Should. We all have biblical names. Uh, well, I've, I've never I've never read my own book. What am I doing? Not I have a biblical name, but my, my spelling is book. not the Hebrew spelling. Ah. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Cam Girl Asuna says, Matt, I once made love. It was great, but it got awkward when he looked over and saw the Timcast crew sitting on the fence outside. We invited him to join in, but he oh. refused to choose a position. Well, as always, oh. I will... I don't know if in the context of uh, of politics, I reject the premise that I am indeed a fence sitter uh, of that caliber. But uh, refusing to choose a position in the context of this chat might be accurate. I don't I don't know that there's a particular position I would want to take in that circumstance. Anyway, uh, I think we're about done, but let me refresh quickly and we'll double check. Who's at my front door? Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, I'm going to get antlered. Yeah, maybe your time has come. You better be careful. I think we're all set. Uh, we're good on DLive. Thank you guys there. Uh, good on Rumble. Appreciate you guys supporting the show. And uh, of course, thanks everybody on YouTube and Tippy Stream. Anything else before we sign off for the evening? That is a particularly good show. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you feel that way. I hope the audience does too. Uh, thank you guys for your show support and thanks for your hilarious chats and all your other contributions. Appreciate you. Uh, if you're listening later on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. And if you'd like more to listen to, remember there is more material over on the audio platforms linked in the description and on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. Speaking of, if you're looking for anything show-related, if you'd like to pick up some merch, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, you want to catch the latest episode of the show, you want to send us a message, send us a call-in show question, all of those amazing things, head on over to the website, mattchristensenmedia.com. There's the frog in my voice. It's happening. We'll be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night. Bye, guys.